Howdy, welcome everyone. You are watching Kofefi Break on Unsafe Space. I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined, as usual, by the lovely Carrie Smith. How you doing, Carrie? Hello, Carter. I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm in a, I'm okay. I'm in a funny mood today. I was laughing a lot this morning. <laughs> I heard. You were you were Yeah. You were on Twitter. I checked Twitter for the first time in like a month last night. And, uh, you know, it was mostly like just nice people retweeting or saying stuff, but there's always like a couple midwits and a couple, you know, people that are just annoying. And I remembered why I didn't go on Twitter. Oh, why you don't go on the Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. I don't do the Twitter. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of, uh, there's good and bad there. I like it. I like it for getting, uh, in terms of where I find out what's going on. It's mostly from, of all the social media platforms, it's mostly Twitter. It seems to move a bit faster, and it's more news-oriented. And I'm not talking about legacy media. I mean, like, the yeah. people that I follow who are more in in touch with what's happening on a daily basis, they tend to use Twitter more than the other places. So I actually, so when I say I'm not on Twitter, I do actually have the Unsafe Space Twitter page up, and I look at it often. I just don't post to it because I'm not in charge of our... Twitter page. It's my personal page that I don't post. So I never post, but I do look at Twitter for news. I, I agree with you. Like it's good for seeing what's going on. Um, so before we yeah, dive into Chris, things though, should we, we well, should, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Chris does our Twitter page. So yes. if you guys want to say hi to Chris and give him a big thank you, he mostly runs the Twitter. He does. He does. I, although I did, I did actually tweet the other day from our account and I felt a little bit guilty because I thought, I hope I'm not screwing him up. But uh, yeah, just as a reminder, um, you might want to check to see if you're subscribed to this channel on YouTube. We like to, uh, YouTube likes to unsubscribe us or unsubscribe you from us. Uh, so please make sure you're subscribed. Don't forget to like and share, pass content around. That helps us. Um, also, by the way, we've set a subscribe star goal for getting to um, 3K a month in donations. And you oh. guys have been steadily working towards it. I think we're more than two thirds of the way now. Wow. So I really appreciate all the subscribers. We keep getting new subscribers, both on Subscribestar and PayPal, which is great. So, um, awesome. Thank book you. Club. We should mention book club. I learn things on this show all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yes. Book club is coming up soon and this month we're reading fiction and a couple people asked me if this has always been an author that i enjoy and no i've never read robert heinlein before this is one of carter's favorite books the moon is. is a harsh mistress it's a fun and we're going to be doing that we're going to be doing that on sunday december 20th if you guys want to join you can go to uh, and carrie's freezing unfortunately i'll go to the I think she mostly froze for that, okay. but she was saying you can join us for book club on December 20th. <laughs> uh, I don't know why you were frozen for that. I think you're back. Um, okay, good. And then after that, we're reading Cynical Theories by Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay, and that will be on January 24th. So, Oh, and yes. if you like clips, because a lot of people don't like two and a half hour shows, uh, you can go to the Unsafe Space Clips channel which you can get to by just going to unsafespace.com slash clips, and it will redirect you there. Uh, 
I think that's all the housekeeping stuff, right? I can't think of anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully my internet stays with us. I don't know what that was so, about. Your internet's been good for the past year. It's, it's uh, only the past couple of weeks lately. there's been a few flakes. Yeah. So. So today we have a few things that you and I wanted to talk about. And why don't we just get well, wait, Elliot wait. Be, can, no? can I actually can I do one thing that I didn't mention last night that I really want to oh. just talk about? It's quick. Um, I want to talk about this man. Walter Williams yes. passed away this week. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he was an economist. I loved Walter Williams. He was one of the last defenders of free markets. And in memory, I'm just going to read a couple of Walter Williams quotes. I mean, I literally just Googled, and he's got so many good quotes. But you can see why someone like me like, might like him uh, when you hear these quotes. <laughs> so he's here's one. Uh, but let me offer you my definition of social justice. I keep what I earn and you keep what you earn. Do you disagree? Well, then tell me how much of what I earn belongs to you and why. Uh, that's a Walter Williams quote. Uh, he also says, how does something immoral when done privately become moral when it is done collectively? Furthermore, does legality establish morality? Slavery was legal. Apartheid is legal. Stalinist, Nazi, and Maoist purges were legal. Clearly, the fact of legality does not justify these crimes. Legality alone cannot be the talisman of moral people. He also writes, democracy and liberty are not the same. Democracy is little more than mob rule, where, while liberty refers to the sovereignty of the individual. He says, prior to capitalism, the way people amassed great wealth was by looting, plundering, and enslaving their fellow man. Capitalism made it possible to become wealthy by serving your fellow man. Uh, and there, there's a lot of this. I don't, we don't have to keep going. I mean, there's, there's lots of Walter William quotes. But I just wanted to take a moment before we started and honor a man whom I really enjoyed reading uh, throughout my entire life. Uh, he was an icon, and he will be sorely missed by me and many other yeah. free market is it true the New York Times didn't do an obituary on him? I, I don't I know, but I would say. not be surprised. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, because he's uh, a black man who is a wrong thinker, he needs to be, his existence needs to be ignored, right? They can't, yeah. they can't admit he exists. So, uh, Tax Terra just gave us a super chat and says, RIP Dr. Williams, dear God, please don't take Thomas Sowell from us yet. <laughs> I know, I know. Right? Uh, yeah. These, these are people I never heard of when I was, obviously, when I was ensconced in the social justice left, and you can imagine why. Right. Um, Thomas Sowell was, was one of the first people that, one of the first um, thinkers that people would say I should read when I started kind of trying to broaden my echo chamber and adding conservative voices and um some of my friends actually i remember an old friend from high school um who's a conservative suddenly started talking to me much like you got became more interested in talking to me when my beliefs started right. changing yeah this friend what recommended thomas soul uh, early on and then walter williams and uh um it's it's amazing how many thinkers if you're in some kind of echo chamber, it doesn't even have to be an SGW echo chamber, but if you're in a very tribalistic echo chamber, 
in a fundamentalist sort of belief system, it's amazing how many thinkers you won't even hear of or come across because they're just kind of, you know, cut out of that area. I hope we can do um, uh, some of these guys for uh, book club eventually. I I am now regretting that I didn't try and get Walter Williams on the show. I don't know if he would have said yes, but I we totally should have tried to get him. So um, some of these other elder statesman type people or elder thinkers we should get we should try and get on the show before they they die off um but yeah i mean walter williams and thomas Sowell are two great examples and actually larry elder they're three examples of black men that the left i mean especially with all this ellen page stuff and people using the the words like people use phrases like you're trying to uh erase my existence and blah 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 those three men the left adamantly like aggressively tries to erase their existence like literally they just don't want them you're not supposed to know they exist and i you know growing up reading i mean all all three of them i didn't read as much larry elder because he's more uh you know had a radio show but um all three of them no one gives like i don't think even anyone cared like no one knew what their race was it was like an it's not an issue the left seems to be very obsessed with 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 race but no one was like i like walter williams because he's a black man i I think half the people that read him don't know or care it doesn't it didn't matter but yeah but you've got the left who focuses on race so much that you'd think well here's a black economist why not listen to this man oh no no we have to pretend he doesn't exist at all because he's not the kind of economist we we like the aoc style economists Um, right (laughs) so well because they're they're, as we know, like their behavior doesn't match their words. Of course. So they say, listen, listen to black voices, listen to gay voices, listen to women's voices. But that's not what they mean. They mean listen to SJW voices. They don't actually care about the race or sex or sexuality. <laughs> um, so okay. sorry, sorry to, to do that. For I wanted no. to get that out of the way. Now we can. I apologize for that. Okay, right. let's move on to Elliot Page. Ellen Page, Elliot. So this, wait, let's not let's not spend a lot of time on this because I think it's mostly the kind of distracting, celebrity-based, boring news that I usually try to avoid. But we'll just mention it briefly. Ellen Page has made an announcement that she's now Elliot Page, um, which it's funny on Wikipedia. They're still they're still furiously updating and editing Wikipedia. But the oh. last I saw, that makes her, uh, they said she is a gay man. Now she's a gay man married to a woman. I don't know how that makes sense. But <laughs> she's uh, she's also using her pronouns. She announced her pronouns are he and they. That's yeah. Two. So I, she's not, I, she didn't actually say she was a man. She, the word she used she said, I'm trans, and my pronouns are he and they, and my name is Elliot. Yeah. Um, now, actually, maybe now's a good time for me. This is, this is really hard for me, Carrie. Hold on. I would like to come out as Ellen Page. Um, <laughs> we all know Ellen is a social construct, uh, so I've been Ellen's been living inside of me for my whole life, and I really feel like it's, now's the time where it's appropriate for me to come out. I'd like you to call me Ellen. My pronouns are 
Oh, shit. I didn't even think this through. I don't know what my pronouns are. My pronouns, I did. That's why I was in a funny mood this morning. My pronouns are you and your mom and oh, that's thou. true. Yeah, they were. That was a good, that was good. Yeah. Which actually is, I just, I like, I don't know, that kind of silly humor once in a while. <laughs> so somebody said, uh, I said, those are my pronouns, you and your mom. And somebody said, uh, this is enough to get you banned from Twitter. And I said, you mean it's enough to get your mom banned from Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> so, Right. They weren't using your pronouns. Yeah. Right. Or somebody else said, uh, "You've got to go get ready. You have a. You have to host a podcast." I said, "No, you have to host a podcast." <laughs> <laughs> Why? It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. The whole thing is so. Uh, he and they. They just don't even agree. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think is. So I, I'm not really. I don't really care what Ellen or Elliot wants yeah. his or her friends to call he, them, she, it. I don't care. That's like a that's a thing internally. I do think it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit odd that there's she's not said she's had any hormone replacement therapy, any surgery. There's been no effort. She literally like stuck a baseball cap on and was like, he they yeah. uh, and and kind of they. chose these pronouns that don't go together. He and they don't go together. So it seems to be this intentional tearing down of any sort of uh recognition that there are two main genders and while there may be people who a small percentage who are in between or have intersex conditions or other uh issues where they don't feel like they fit in either quote gender stereotype choosing he they is an intentional an intentional attempt to destruct or to destroy the 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 categories themselves so I'm a little bit bothered by yes. that, but in, in large case, I don't care. But what I do care about is the memory hole that they're p forcing us to yes. to throw everything down. Can I show you? Look at this. You'll you'll love this, Carrie. Okay. Here's uh <clears throat> here's her thing. So let's just take a look. Here is here's Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes says that in 2007 there was a movie called Juno in which a teenage girl was pregnant, and the person who played the teenage girl is... Where's the person? Elliot. Elliot Page. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, this one actually says Ellen. They forgot to update this one, but their one up here says Elliot. Amazon, <clears throat> Elliot Page. You can actually click on Elliot Page, and it brings you over to here. Elliot Page. Okay, so Elliot Page played this person. IMDb, hey, uh, Elliot Page played Juno McGuff. Actually, IMDb got a little bit of flack for for, for putting as Ellen Page here, because this is yeah not not okay. Um, and we've seen a lot of these articles come out using Elliot Page's dead name as a problem. Here's why. Blah 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 blah. blah. Um, so I've already seen I've already seen people on Twitter getting temporary bans for uh, so quote unquote dead naming, right? Elliot Page and saying Ellen Page, and I also seen uh, SJWs correcting some of the headlines on Twitter, mm -hmm. uh, and I mean I I should put correcting in quotes, but they're basically criticizing the headlines that say anything to the effect of. Uh, you know, the actor formerly known as Ellen Page has now come out as trans and should be referred to as Elliot Page. They're criticizing that. And, they, and I've seen them say, this is wrong. You, you shouldn't do headlines like this. The correct headline is 
Elliot Page comes out as trans. Like to even, it's what you're saying. It's the memory hole. It's to it's to almost even erase history. You're not even allowed to refer to the fact that this person used to go by used to be named Ellen and used to go by Ellen or is a biological woman. You're not even allowed to acknowledge that that that's somehow ideologically incorrect. And that's the only part of this, like you, that interests me. I don't really care. I think I think a lot of this is sort of uh, navel gazing, you know. Yeah, yeah, but but I think it is worth just pausing and reflecting on the fact that they are. This is a. I mean, look, this is a total uh, year zero strategy. This is this is rewriting history. Elliot Page did not play any character in Juno. Ellen Page played a character in Juno. Regardless of whether you think that now Ellen is Elliot and that's fine and you want to move forward and say Elliot, Elliot began in 2020 on December 1st. That's when, or 2nd or whatever the date was here. The the idea that you have to go back and change documents and change, yeah. like, is she now, someone was posting earlier in our chat, like, the Babylon Bee did an article about now she won She's going to have won the best male actor award for portraying yeah. a female so well. Like, this is – you can't – you can rewrite history, but it's a red flag. When people try when, – when they're focused on convincing you that something – we've always been at war with Oceana or Asiana, never with yeah. East Asia or whatever it was. <laughs> like Somebody said that in chat, yeah. They yeah, when they start doing that. change history. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem to me. Um and I, there's something, there's something worth noting there. That's all. I don't really care what you want to call. I don't know if you saw this. Elliot. We've talked about it, but it's been about a year since we've talked about it. And I looked, I tried to find it before this and I couldn't find it. But there was an article that came out a year or two ago where it was, and it was in a, it was in a lesbian publication I remember that, and I remember they were doing a list of accomplishments of female directors and actresses. And so they had uh, a female director there. I, I can't remember who it was. I wish I could have found this, but they basically it might have been Bigelow. Anyway, they were they were saying this was the first female director to win, blah blah blah. You know, here's an accomplishment. And then they issued a correction because of complaints from SJWs, and they said you know, basically apologized and said we were mistaken. She was not the first female director. The Wachowski brothers, I mean, sisters were the first female director. <laughs> and the thing is, when the Wachowski brothers won that award, they were still both men. Right. But now that they're identifying as women, retroactively, we're being told to accept that they were the first female directors to win that accomplishment. Why weren't they celebrating when that was accomplished? Right. And they're act and they're actively stealing that accomplishment from a woman who is yep. the first woman to win that award. Yep. You know how you and I joked that before he left office, Trump should just declare that he's a female so he can be the first woman president. Now he could do it after office. Anytime he wants, he could just say, Oh, I'm now a female. Yeah. Retroactively I was the first woman president. <laughs> Done. It's also it's also funny that they're, they basically are, you know, this is why there's this rift in the, in the feminist world that's been happening where they're calling radical feminists like Megan Murphy, they call them TERFs. They, they say they're trans-exclusionary radical feminists, not trans-exclusionary. They just believe in 
in biology and they're not willing to lie. And, and, and a lot of these, these radical feminists, they're perfectly fine using your preferred pronoun. They're perfectly fine calling Ellen Elliot, you know, for the most part, it's just, they're not going, they're not willing to participate in this mass delusion in this self delusion, this lie that biological sex doesn't exist and that Elliot was never Ellen or that there's no difference between a trans woman and a woman or a trans man and a man. And, um, and so there's been this rift because the radical feminists basically were saying, for the most part, that sex, that, that sex roles, that gender, gender was a social construct and that it was constraining and that women didn't need to wear high heels and makeup and that women uh, could like working on trucks and dressing like a man. I put that in quotes, but, you know, dressing very masculine and that women can be very masculine and we needed to get out of these constricting gender roles. Okay. But this new kind of social justice feminism is sort of saying, um, no, they're they're reinforcing it to to an extent those gender oh, roles, and they're, they're sort of saying, it. Yeah, yeah, because they're saying, okay, if you put on a baseball cap, you're now a man. If you put on high heels and makeup, you're now a woman, and that's all it takes. And it's sort of just, I, I, I just find that to, I, first of all, to be very absurd, but it's also just kind of interesting how. Feminism itself is is in is having this internal war over beliefs about about gender roles now. So I mean, feminism has been anti-science for quite some time, though, because even the even the radical feminists that claim that that gender is a social construct, I mean, I know. Yes, it's yeah. partially a social construct, but there is biological reasons for right some of the the gender roles, and so. Like, yes, should we be okay with, like, should women be allowed to do whatever they want and wear whatever they want and still be women? Yes, of course. Same with guys. But it doesn't mean that all of those things are completely divorced from any biological reality and they're right. just made up social constructs that, you know, evil white men impose because we just, you know, we really wanted to see women wear high heels. Like, that's not, that's not what happened. Um, yeah. And so, you know, feminism... You know, they took a wrong term at Albuquerque way, 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 way back a long time ago. Um, and then, you know, the the rad femmes just got crazier. And then you, you had them break off and say, OK, well, not only not only is gender a social construct, but sex is a social construct. And actually, so therefore, there aren't even sexual categories. And therefore, he, they make sense and. Ellen can say, I'm now Elliot and I'm trans, which isn't a gender, by the way. Uh, and like, it just, and it's just a destruction clear, of the categories. To be clear to anyone who's like looking this up, it's not the rad films, films now who are rad, radical. No, no, it don't was, say that biology is right. right. No, they, no, it, it wasn't. They, they've said, they've said that gender is a social construct. Right. No, and I wasn't saying rad films said that gender was, oh, okay. yeah, no, okay. I'm saying they were, they were the, forefront of feminism was the rad femmes and these things happened and then it kind of evolved after that right yeah. i was just correcting just let me yeah, say this to correct the language in case anybody heard it the way that i did okay. radical feminists were saying that gender is a social construct social justice feminists are the ones saying that biology itself is a social construct and they're at odds with the radical feminists yep yep um so i don't know i don't i don't really care about <laughs> elliot uh Anyway, yeah. so I don't think we need to spend any more time. But the memory hole stuff is, is worth noting. And I just would point out, whenever you see that, it's a red flag for any issue 
when you well, see I mean, people going back and saying, oh, we need to rewrite history. We need to pretend that this other thing, someone in chat mentioned Caitlyn Jenner, right? Caitlyn Jenner didn't win any Olympic medals. Bruce Jenner won Olympic medals. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's, that's very important to note um, because otherwise, Caitlyn Jenner actually wouldn't have been allowed to compete in the male Olympics. So th this is not, whenever you see that kind of stuff, it's a red flag that someone, that reality is offensive to the ideology at play. Um, and any ideology that's so offended by reality that they need to go change history uh, is pretty damn dangerous. <sighs> All right. Done with that silly yes. topic. Okay. Do you want? Do you want? What do you want uh, to do? Now? Well, let's do a couple super super I, chats before we do anything. Okay. I'm, and then I'm queuing up what I'd like to talk about next. Okay, that's cool. How about well, th this one from Legalized Adulthood who says, Carter, I was banned from a C plus plus Discord server for announcing my pronouns as attack slash helicopter. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. We have seen. Uh, I have seen kids get in trouble at school. I think we we interviewed uh, one kid um who identified what was he dragon slayer dragon lord something yeah he I got and he got in trouble for it yeah um yeah you can't you can't mess with the religion you can't mess with the religion let's see um although by the way if if ellen elliot came out tomorrow and sincerely said my pronouns are attack and helicopter that would be completely accepted it's the it's the fact that you're saying it tongue-in-cheek that they don't ingest like yeah so this is not a super chat but i just wanted to read this h hrmpk says it's okay for ellen to become elliot it's not okay to police speech and push right. other people's kids to do this yes i agree yeah, yeah. none biz says we need to stop letting delusional or dare we say mentally ill people determine our language communication and how we define our collective culture yeah yeah i agree and and it's not and I don't know what Nunya Biz is saying. I don't want to put words in Nunya Biz's mouth, but that like there is a difference between someone saying, as Carrie just said, I want to identify as blank, and you must use blankety blank. You must use these yes. words to refer to me. That's uh, that's controlling. Yeah, uh, and that's you don't have a right to tell me what words I use. Like you just, <laughs> it's you're you're branching off into. Uh, compelled speech territory there, which is, you know, that was the whole point of Jordan Peterson and others pushing back against Bill C-16 in Canada was that they're trying to codify compelled speech. And and they've already started trying to do it here in the States, in, in New York and in California. Um, it's one of, the, one of the things that really stood out to me when I first heard Peterson talking about this, because I went to his page thinking... I was going to encounter gonna a transphobe. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, I was still in the social justice world at the time. I went there expecting to hear something transphobic, and I didn't. And I heard him making a really good argument against compelled speech. And one of the things he was talking about is that, you know, hate speech laws, hate speech laws, which there's a good argument against even having those. Hate speech laws There's uh, an excellent restrict, argument against having those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. There's an excellent argument against having those. But but hate speech laws basically say what you can't say, what you're not allowed to say. Compelled speech is something new and different. Compelled speech is saying what you must say. It goes beyond denying you the right to voice certain words. It tells you what words must come out of your mouth. 
that's an extra step that's really dangerous. Well, so, I mean, if you accept the philosophical premises of uh, hate speech, then there's actually no difference. Um, if I can tell you what you can't say, if I can, if I if I have the ability to prohibit certain syllables from passing your lips, why can't I force you to say certain syllables? There's not really a philosophical difference. Um, right. Keith the Hat Guy. Keith the Hat Guy gives us two, two, three. I saw what you Thanks, did there, Keith. Keith. Uh, and he said, I made my Facebook profile gender to custom XY. Well, that might get you banned <laughs> from Facebook. I don't know. <laughs> XY, they would say, is not a gender. It is a sex. And they would be very <laughs> angry with you about this. But uh, I will continue to use he, him when speaking to you. <sighs> All right. Uh, That's so it for this. We can I... move on. So we were going over topics yesterday, and you hadn't heard about this one yet. And so we sort of we just briefly talked about it. But yep. we've been noticing, uh, as everyone who watches this channel probably has, that there have been just these repeated cases of mostly, I think, Democratic politicians who've been violating their own stay-at-home orders, their own lockdown orders, their own mask mandates, and you know, Gavin Newsom in your lovely state of California being one of them. But recently, the past couple of days here in Austin, uh, Mayor Steve Adler. So this one is just really, I think, takes the cake in some ways because Adler issued a video statement, okay, for Thanksgiving in which he was filmed basically telling people to stay home, mm -hmm. that now is not the time to relax our COVID restrictions, that you need to stay home and not celebrate with friends and family. Do you want me to show the article and, or no? Yes. Okay. And then, and then. Dun, dun, the drum, roll, drum roll, please. The Austin American Statesman did an article, which I was kind of surprised that they did because they're fairly leftist. They did an article where they totally busted him and they said, okay, uh, first of all, he had a wedding for his daughter a couple days before Thanksgiving with family members flown in from out of state. Um, and then they took a private jet to Cabo and he recorded the Thanksgiving message from Cabo, from what I understand. Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. One night into the trip, Alder addressed Austin residents in a Facebook video. We need to stay home if you can. This is not time to relax. This is, by the way, he's doing this from Mexico. We are going to be <laughs> looking really closely. We may have to close things down. If we're not careful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and <laughs> there he and is in Cabo delivering his message. <laughs> yes. And somebody found this clip from the Simpsons. Do you have that clip, Carter? Oh, I thought this was. Oh, Carrie. I got it right okay, here good. for you. <laughs> this is so perfect. I mean, I know people, I guess people have been pointing to this clip for all of the hypocritical politicians who are disobeying their own orders. But for Adler in particular, just because of the context and the fact that he was uh, on, a, on a beachfront vacation while he was telling everyone, while he was recording his message telling you to stay home, he was in Cabo and wasn't disclosing that fact. This clip is perfect. <laughs> yeah, here's the here's the cartoon rendition of uh, <laughs> what's going on in with Mayor Adler. Adler. <clears throat> And now for an emergency announcement from the mayor. People of Springfield, because of the epidemic, I have canceled my vacation to the Bahamas. I shall not leave the city. Hey, you! 
Get that steel drum out of the uh, mayor's office. Sorry, man. Smithers, this plague doesn't... All right, we can stop the clip there. Yeah. <laughs> the, guy, the guy with drums comes by. He's like, he's at the beach. He's at the beach. I, I just, I can't get over this story. I've, and the funny thing is, um, I always like to see how these hypocrites, these professional hypocrites respond to the truth being told. And the last I saw, I haven't checked today. I've got his apology, but, uh, if you want, queued up. His, he his, finally apologized? Well, okay. Uh, his apology, I have that queued up, if you want to see Okay, that. before you queue that up, he had done a video a couple nights ago after this story broke. And he said, you do on his Twitter, he, he, it seemed to be that he was trying to ignore this story. And so he did some video about COVID numbers, like, and not even talking about this. And he got so ratioed and the, there were maybe like 20 likes and 500 comments. And the thing about the comments that was interesting is there, most of them seemed to be from people who used to support him from people on the left. Most of them were people who were very disappointed in his hypocrisy because they had been supporting him. And that I thought was a good sign. So, yeah, yeah I would love I didn't know he made an apology. I'd like. Well, to see I, I, I again, it's the apology in quotes. Let's listen to how this is how these uh, elitists apologize. This is how they apologize to you when they when they get caught. Here we go. Let's see. Here it is. Uh, I recognize that the fact that I took that trip and at the same time was continuing to urge people uh, to be cautious is confusing. I <laughs> so you're stupid. Oh, I just confused you. I, can, I wasn't a hypocrite. I confused you. Well, let's see if he continues here. I know that others have chosen not to travel uh, under the same circumstances. And I know that in my position, I need to send a clearer message. There you go, Carrie. That's his apology for you. Um, That's it? Well, That's I mean, we, it? I think there might be a little bit more. We can keep going. But he, he basically is apologizing that yeah. he's not being clear. I'm sorry I took that okay. trip. He did say he was sorry he took the trip. There you go. So, But he's apologizing for not okay, being clear. It's, it's, he's not not... About, it's not about the trip. And, and one of his supporters noted this on Twitter. It's not that you took the trip. It's not that you had a big wedding for your daughter. It's that you were saying the opposite. It's that you're a right. hypocrite. I think you should be able to take the trip. I think you should be able to have a wedding. That's why I don't say the opposite. You're a hypocrite. There's almost nothing I hate more than this is when your words don't match your behavior. You are telling people to stay home and to not have gatherings of more than 10 people. And you had more than 20 at the wedding. And then you all went to Cabo and you're telling people to stay home. Now's not the time to relax the regulations. You're lying by omission because you're not telling people that you are not at home, that you yeah, are I on mean, a vacation. It's it's not the trip, it's not the wedding. It's that you're saying the, op you're telling people to do the opposite, you're a liar. Yeah, and this is a common way they apologize, right? <clears throat> this is the elitist apology, which is not a, oops, I got caught and I was hypocritical. My behavior was hypocritical. It was, I'm sorry I took the trip because it might be confusing to you. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, what's confusing to me is that you're a fucking hypocrite. That's what's confusing to me. <laughs> um, 
And it yes. should be confusing to the voters, whoever voted for him. Uh, but of course, I don't know. They'll probably just reelect him, right? I don't know what Austin's like. They like like they Dion says in the in the comments, Dion says, "Mom's favorite saying: actions speak louder than words." Yes, mm -hmm. these like these sayings that you know when you're younger, you might tend to think are sort of just cheesy aphorisms, things like that. The older you get, the more you understand these very simple sayings you understand how truthful and weighty they are yes your actions speak louder than words your actions show us what you actually believe or don't believe and he doesn't he clearly doesn't believe either that his own rules should apply to him or even that the rules matter i don't think he i don't think a lot of these politicians they don't even believe they don't even believe that their measures are useful no they don't and and in fact the uh I think it was the San Francisco mayor. I think it was. Our, I think it was our mayor. I think it was the San Francisco mayor got caught going to French Laundry, also, like in a yes. separate thing, just like the governor had. Um, oh wow! So French Laundry is like the place for people to go, apparently, for politicians to go to be hypocrites. And uh, yeah, it's 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 weird. I think um, there's just this this. Uh, Was there a French laundry in That's what I was asking. I well that's what I wanted to tweet. I was gonna say I didn't realize there was a French laundry in Cabo. Um that was, that was the tweet I wanted to had if I were on Twitter, that's what I would have tweeted. That's what you would say. Uh, I would say, yeah. I, I had it I even had it in my head. I'm like, I don't feel like logging in. That's a pain in the ass. But you said it I think you said it to me. I think I did say it to you. Yeah, I know. I didn't realize yeah. there was a didn't realize there was a French laundry in Cabo. Um but yeah, I <clears throat> This is you. What you brought up actually is better than that, which is the Animal Farm reference. Um, this is the. This is the. Well, we don't want to have to eat in the farmer's house. And oh like, yeah, and can like, I read this? Yeah, yeah. Please do. Yeah. I actually have this queued up. I think it's so worthwhile. So, uh, I put a picture of him. But you guys who joined us for book club when we did Animal Farm, aren't you so happy you? read that book this is this is the pig who's like basically the propaganda arm for the pigs he says comrades he cried you do not imagine i hope that we pigs are doing this in a spirit of self or any of us actually dislike milk and apples i dislike them myself our sole object in taking these things is to preserve our health Milk and apples, and this has been proved by science, comrades. Substances absolutely necessary to the well-being of a pig. We pigs are brain workers. The whole management and organization of this farm depend on us. Day and night, we are watching over your welfare. It's for your sake that we drink the milk and eat the apples. <laughs> it's so awesome. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, they said I keep getting... I'm yeah, sorry. you froze a little bit, but I think we got we got it. There was a yeah. the audio caught up after well, after the freeze, but it actually made me think of uh, the Chicago mayor because remember when she got caught by and she was the one that said if you violate the lockdown orders, you will go to jail. Right, jail. Right. Okay, so she she got caught going to get a very expensive haircut, and what mm -hmm. did she say? I have to get this haircut. I'm the face of Chicago. It's sort of like, I'm eating the milk and apples for you sheep. It's for your benefit that I'm being a hypocrite. Yep. Yeah. 
I was, you know, I was uh, talking to my daughter this morning about 1984, which she hasn't read because she's 11, and I don't think it's appropriate. Uh, but um, we were talking all about it, and and Big Brother, and this. We were talking about spying and and all that kind of stuff, and crime think, and she was like, "Well, you know, he didn't. This guy didn't really. Did he really think that the this kind of thing would happen in the future?" And I said, oh, it's the same guy who wrote Animal Farm, which she has read. Uh, <laughs> and I, it just, it blew her mind because, and, and I think maybe we just take it for granted how things went basically exactly as everyone predicted. Not everyone, but like we had these people like George Orwell, who, you know, I didn't even agree with politically. I mean, he was a socialist, but we had these people predicting this authoritarian behavior telling us that this is what your leaders are going to do and we just kept voting for him and like here we are i there's no <laughs> there's no excuse you can't say i had no idea my mayor would go to french laundry or cabo or but like yes you did you knew this you knew you knew you've been voting for this stuff you've wanted leaders you wanted to be sheep you wanted to be on the farm that's what you get. You're on the farm. Welcome to the farm. <sighs> Wait, you're muted. I think it's sort of a, it's almost, it's not so much that they are, um, you know, that it's prophecy about what's to come. I've started now, that's what the way I used to think about some of these dystopian mm. novels, but now I think about them as it's sort of just a cycle that humans are always going to repeat this behavior, you know, that there's always, I don't think there's a difference really between prophecy and recognizing where you are in a cycle and that this is going to happen again. So yeah, I would again and again and again. Yeah. 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 I mean, it it plays out in different ways. Right. But, uh, here in California, we've got like, we're like increasing lockdowns now and, the governor just issued something saying like, oh, we're going to, we might have to go back into, some counties might have to go back into complete lockdown uh, because yeah. reasons. Um, and I they're now counting friend- cases, not deaths. Like it's, they've just changed the language. They've changed the goals. It's moving goalposts. It's anything that gives them power. Sorry, I mean to interrupt you. Well, no, it's like with, with uh, Newsom in California, on right. Small Business Appreciation Day, he had the gall to tweet about, hey, it's Small Business Appreciation <laughs> Day. Show some support for your small businesses. And I'm like, dude, you're the guy who's killing small businesses in California. The nerve, the nerve, the hypocrisy, the nerve of you to do that when you're killing them off. Um, my friend in California who came to live with me earlier in the pandemic is probably going to come back to live with me again because she can't work. People yeah, can't yeah. work. California's tough and, right now. And I saw, you know how we predicted that Biden was probably going to, Biden would probably do, I think I even said, at least three weeks, maybe three months worth of some kind of authoritarian federal lockdown or mask mandate so they can point to this thing, this authoritarian thing for show, not caring how many lives Mm -hmm. it impacts. 
not caring about the damage, but doing this thing for show that they so that then that they can build the narrative they want of look, Biden cured COVID. This thing, this showy thing he did, which actually had no effect other than to destroy lives. That thing cured COVID. They're going to do it regardless. So what did I see on Twitter yesterday? Biden says he will institute. And I, I was a little off. I said three weeks to three months. It said, uh, he says 100 days, 100 days, 100 days. Yeah, he outdid the three months, 100 day mass mandates federally. Yeah, no, he, he has said that. Um, this is just reminding me of one thing that I wanted to point out, because a, a lot of people are like, they, they wonder why people get away with this hypocrisy and they think, oh, people are just stupid or they don't notice it or they, why don't they see this? I think you've got to let go of the idea that the leftists use words in a way to represent reality. That's not how words are used in, in leftist culture. Leftists use words as tools to elicit the behavior that they want the, the words yes. aren't intended. To, and by the way, this, there is a mix of postmodernism in this. Absolutely. Um, the, the, the words are not intended to be representative of facts regarding objective reality. The words are intended to elicit behavior. And if that's, it's a, it's a very amoral stance. I mean, I would say immoral, but it's at, at the very least, it's an amoral stance where I'm not, my language, I, I'm not held to any standards whereby my language needs to correspond to reality. My language is, is it's an ends justify the means. Does my, do the syllables coming out of my mouth make people behave in yes. the way that propagates our leftist agenda? If the answer is yes, then those are the right syllables. If the answer is no, then they're the wrong syllables. And so yeah. there's not a... These people, like like this mayor, Steve Adler, I think to some extent they're genuinely confounded at the accusations of hypocrisy um, because hypocrisy is not a thing that can happen when that's your mindset. Like, if words are just tools of manipulation and not right. to represent reality, hypocrisy is not a valid concept. It's not a concept. Of course, but I said the things... And people behaved in the ways because I said the things. Who cares what I do? Yeah. I said the things. Um, yeah. And so I, I think it's important. One thing that will help a lot of people understand the left when you get confused and frustrated is to divorce. Divorce the words from, from representations of reality. And not that you should do that in reality, but recognize that's how they're operating. Though they're divorced. It's an ends just. This is well, it's the same as ends justify the means. And that's that's anybody who engages in hypocrisy. It's um, it's you know I was I wrote something about this that this morning. It's not just something you see on the social justice left. It's a it's a human thing when people are not grounded and they're and they're liars and they're hypocrites. If you're if you're, <laughs> I'll just say this one thing. Opposing my old ideology, social justice ideology is not simply about opposing the bad belief system, the bad ideas. It's not about saying the right words against the ideology. It's about your behavior. Right. And if your behavior doesn't match the words 
that you've copied and picked up and that you're putting out into the world or that you're using as tools of manipulation in that way that you're using without meaning. If your behavior doesn't match your words, if you bully people, if you threaten people, if you send mobs after people, if you lie, if you engage in cancel culture, we are not on the same side. Right. We are not on the same side. And what you're doing is you're showing people a window into what your actual beliefs are or your lack of beliefs. I think some of these people who operate in this place of hypocrisy, they don't even have beliefs. A large, I would say a, a large percentage don't have beliefs. They no. don't. They've never thought about what their beliefs are. And mm -hmm. like you said, it's taking words and ideas and using those things to get a certain outcome, not because those words and ideas have meaning for them, but because they I can use this as a tool in this way to get this thing. Yes. And, and when you do that, you are an architect of lies because you are stripping when your behavior doesn't match your words, you are actively stripping words of meaning. You're yes. trying to take the meaning out of words. It's actually also a form of gaslighting. <laughs> when your behavior doesn't match your words, you're yes. you're presenting a broken reality to the world and expecting them to believe it. It's a, it's a form of gaslighting. I mean, I, I you know, I hesitate to say this as an atheist who is rational, but I'm going to say this, just think of it metaphorically. Uh the left has discovered that magic is real. Magic is real. Incantations are real. Words can alter reality. You just have to know how to master language. Yeah. You you use words to manipulate people. They're not yes. they're not reference to objects in reality. They are magical spells that get people to behave in the way you want. They're spells for manipulating humans. That's what words are to them. And once you realize that to them, all words are just magical manipulation uh, chants or uh, magical spells or uh, what's the uh, cantrips, right? Once once you realize <laughs> that that's what they are, yes, you you can let go of this confusion about how are they getting away with this and that and the other thing? It's like because because they're not words don't mean anything. They are just to cantrips. Yes. yes. They're yes. just cantrips. And to that's them. why I think and, and and words actually do mean something. And so yes, they should. Who, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They should. That's why that's why hypocrites, people who live in a place of hypocrisy, and trust me, hypocrisy is a human thing. I think we that's that's one of the great exercises of life is to make sure that your behavior matches your words and that you're not choosing to be in every choice. Are you being authentic or are you being hypocritical, right? Like evaluating that choice of everything you, you do. Um, but the people who live in that place of, of lies and hypocrisy, their words have meaning. They're stripping words of meaning. They are agents of chaos and destruction. And I, I don't say that lightly. I think it's an awful thing to do. And you are acting as a magician or right. trying to. Right. Well, and, and actually it does work. The magic does work. Imagine this. The magic works. Like yeah. uh, I want magically to have food delivered to me and like money come to me. But I don't want to do the work. I don't want to go plow fields and I don't want to put in the actual manual labor and the intellectual work to do it. Well, if I can speak the right words, I can get people to 
give me money, uh, steal stuff from other people, give it to me to allocate. Like, I can make all this stuff happen. I can use all of you with my magic words to do all the work that I don't want to do. To attack people on my behalf. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I, maybe I want a bunch of people in Afghanistan yeah. dead. I can speak a bunch of magic words and suddenly Lockheed Martin will be sending tanks over there and the military will be there and we'll be bombing people. And all I did was use my magic words and, yeah. and they worked like that. That's super powerful. And that's the power of language. And the left is, frankly, that's all the left has because the left is completely divorced from reality. All they have is language and, and a very good understanding of human psychology. Uh, but that's all they have. They don't have any that, – that's why you can't have a conversation about like, well, what are the consequences of this policy in reality? <sighs> can't have that conversation because that's not part of their universe. Reality is not part of their universe. Only – Currently. Well, I would say that's been true to some extent for a long time and it's now metastasized to be like the default for most – most people, but yes, no one can live in that state completely. I mean, you you, you have to deal with reality. Right. No one's completely that way. I'm, uh, right. I'm painting a caricature, right? So yeah. Uh, all right, maybe we should do some super. Somebody chat. says, somebody says, well, this has all been debunked. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, that just... that's one of my favorite ones. Right, debunked. They throw that out like it's uh yeah. Debunked <laughs> is supposed to make you ignore it. It's a magic word. It's like mm -hmm. when we said before, the social justice words, a lot of them are like magic words. They just drop it like Batman smoke pellet, like white yeah. privilege. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Uh, another word. I just, I, this isn't, this isn't, uh, this is kind of a tangent, but I just, I love bragging about my daughters. Like, I don't like to talk about her too much on the show because I don't want to bring her life into the show too much. But this morning at the breakfast table, I said the word equity and you know what I was talking about. The die curriculum right? and equity and all that stuff. And she said, equity, she's 11. She says, equity, I just, my brain just goes to investments when I hear equity. What's equity? That doesn't mean invest. <laughs> like, what is, like, <laughs> her brain immediately went to, like, I, she, I don't think she could verbalize capitalization tables. Like, I don't think she knew what that concept was. But, like, that's <laughs> where her brain went. Uh, and I said to her, you know what? That's not your problem, actually. Your brain is correct. Don't worry about what equity means to anyone else. If you want to think of equity as percentage of ownership in a company, you keep that belief as long as you can. Like that's the definition you should be thinking of. That she is so <laughs> your daughter. <laughs> All right, um, let's let's okay. do some super chats. <laughs> Sorry, I have COVID. I'm gonna scroll. <clears throat> I'm gonna scroll with you. All right. Uh, uh, TM Stani, T-M-S-T-A-N-I-23. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't know how to exactly pronounce that. Uh, oh, looks, we have some pseudocode here. <clears throat> if, uh, Donna Trump, oh, <laughs> this is if Trump becomes a woman. If Donna Trump, it, that, that's the, these, I guess those are the pronouns maybe. Uh, console log leftist meltdown. Yes, absolutely, that would happen. Uh, double take pigeon, thanks for idea. <laughs> Trump going trans would call into question everything. Yeah, uh, it would. They would just rightly accusing him of mocking them, but he would have to like for them to really. They would melt down either way, but for him to really break them, oh. like fundamentally break them, he would have to do it pretty sincerely. Uh, and I don't think he would. But 
Or at least it would have to look sincere. All right, Jupiter1777 says, I'm fine with respecting people's pronouns. Ditto. But how long until I'm transphobic because I don't announce my pronouns? I bet in the next few years. I think in some circles you already are transphobic for not announcing your pronouns. Uh, it's required. Yes. We've heard some examples of organizations in which your pronouns are required, right? You yeah, have to put them I would somewhere. abstain. You, you guys should just go ahead and adopt something like you or your mom or whatever you want to <laughs> just go ahead. I went ahead and put that in my Twitter bio. You know how they put like the parentheses and you, your mom and thou. Yo, mama. <laughs> I, like, uh, I like your mom. By the way, this is also a tangent. I was reminded of how awesome Tim Minchin is the other day. I forgot about Tim Minchin. I love Tim Minchin. Remind uh, me who he is. I know his name. I think he's. I think uh, he's Australian. He might be New Zealand. And I'm sorry, Marie, for confusing those two. I think he's Australian. Uh, he's a singer, songwriter, comedian dude. He wrote the song Prejudice. Go watch. Look up Tim Minchin, M-I-N-C-H-I-N, and the word in the song Prejudice. Uh, he's got a bunch of songs like that. He's kind of silly, and he's got a really good. Uh, he's got a really good like 12, 10, 10, 10, 12 minute, uh uh, like animation called Storm, which is really good as well. So anyway, okay. someone says he's Australian. Hey, Carter, Thank you. Okay. I I'm going to take a break now and I won't have to take a break oh. later. I'll be okay. back. You take a break while I read Super Chats. <laughs> uh, all right. Double Take Pigeon. Double Take Pigeon gives us five pounds and says, surely compelled speech is more abhorrent. Strict restricted speech at least allows you to withhold consent. Compelling it truly violates your conscience. Uh, I would agree it's more abhorrent. My point wasn't that they were equally abhorrent. My point was that the the <clears throat> the philosophical barrier preventing you from um, compelling speech has already been torn down if you're censoring speech. So the it's a once you've opened that Pandora's box, you can do the more abhorrent thing. Um, because you allowed you allowed the principle to be violated earlier on, for for something we could say kind of less abhorrent. Um, Hermit Rush, Hermit Rush gives us ten bucks and says ninety Simpsons socio political commentary is always relevant, especially as satire that came true. Look up Sideshow Bob Democrats on YouTube. Sixteen second clip. I will do that. Thank you. Uh, in fact, if Beverly wants to do that and throw the link in chat. You can check it out. Um, oh, and Beverly sent the links to to mentions prejudice and storm in in chat. Uh, I'm I'm surprised he's not canceled, but ah, Marie, thank you, Marie. You know what? Marie Busky gives us two bucks and says, "Dude, swear jar." I know, I I swore. I'm sorry, Marie. I've been doing better though. You haven't had to pay for swear jar stuff for a while, so uh, I do I do appreciate it though. <laughs> Let's see. Next one. Tatiana Fisk. Wow, 50 bucks. Thank you, Tatiana. Uh, Tatiana Fisk gives us 50 bucks, and she says, Hi, Carrie looks gorgeous today. Oh, I, we should reread this when she's back. Carrie looks gorgeous today. I've been immersing myself in getting closer to God and finding more meaning, taking classes by uh, FR. Is it Father? Father Peter Hears. He's been a good guest. He'd be a good guest. Also, we'll be refusing to wear a mask on Sunday for church. <laughs> Wish me luck. Love you. Well, uh, good luck with that, uh, Tatjana. And uh, yeah, hopefully you won't get in trouble. Uh, another one from Hermit Rush. Hermit Rush says, Andrew Cuomo chides New York to be smart. Stay apart. 
says his sacrifice is not seeing his 80-year-old mom. Answers off the cuff and days later that his mom and daughters are coming to Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. Because, again, like I said, words have no meaning. Oh, Carrie's back. Carrie, I want to read. Oh. I want to reread Tatiana's because it was about you and I think like you would be interested in it. Um, so let me re let me pull Tatiana. Let me find it and pull it back up. Uh, dun, 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 dun. I, I saw it. Oh, you did see it. She said she's. She said she's going to uh, wish her luck because she's going to go to church without a mask. Yeah, and she also said you look gorgeous today. Oh, thank you. She important. Look, at my church, I'm lucky. My church has, you can choose to wear it or not. And sometimes a few people have chosen to wear it. Most people don't choose to wear it. And I feel it, it's, a, it's really nice to be in a congregation, a group of people where um, – that's not something that I have to think about, you know, like when I go into stores and stuff, as I said, I usually don't wear it, especially large stores. I just don't, but you know, I have to think about it because everyone else is wearing it. Although I had a funny, um, interact, an interesting, you know, how I've been having these interactions with the, around the masks, like oh, the guy yes. in DC on the train. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So the other night, um, it, it depends on the context. If I go into the little small coffee shop that I really enjoy in town, I will wear it because the employees there always ask me to, and I don't want to give them grief. So I'll put it on again. I don't ever cover my nose. I need to breathe, but I will put it on here. <laughs> and, and then, uh, but if I go into the big grocery stores, uh, I just don't wear it anymore and they've stopped forcing the issue. So usually, um, what will happen is, I'll walk in and someone will say, um, someone at the door will say, oh, do you need a mask? Do you need, excuse me, ma'am, do you need a mask? And I'll say, oh, oh, no, I don't wear them. Thank you. And then I'll just keep walking. And they never <laughs> they never come after me or say anything. <laughs> I think they're just sort of like, uh, what? Because <laughs> it's just like, oh, I don't wear them. Thank you very much. And um, anyway, the other night I was in the grocery store and uh, this woman was, uh, we were on like the hippie bulk foods aisle like all the healthy, good for you mm. stuff. And she said, oh, good for you. You're not wearing a mask. She said, did they let you in like that? And I, and I told her, well, they don't usually force the issue. Here's what I do, you know. And she said, wow. Like she ended up taking her mask off. She's like, I can't stand wearing this thing. And, you know, I have to wear it at the gym, which is really hard working out. And um, so anyway, she ended up taking it off. And I was like, I'm starting a mini rebellion in this this aisle of the H-E-B, right? Because I said, well, good yeah. luck. You know, we introduced ourselves. Like, we met each other. We had a little conversation about mandates versus choice. And it was a great conversation. And then she went on her way. And then I turned the corner and I saw a couple not wearing a mask, a man and a woman together. And it's so uncommon now to see that in, in the store that it was just like, oh, my gosh. And we gave each other that knowing look that sort of like, Right. You go. And I know people who believe in the mask mandates won't understand what I'm trying to say here. Okay. But it was this moment of community and connection. And it was I thought it, it was very beautiful. And um, and it was kind of cool. To be like, oh, my gosh, there's four of us in this store now <laughs> not wearing the mask. Like at some point they're going to. But, you know, I saw that woman at the checkout. She still wasn't wearing her mask. She said, you know, have a good night, Carrie. I'm like, have a good night. Like, <laughs> anyway, it was really, I don't, it was kind of cool. cool. Yep. But uh, that was just, a, sorry about the tangent. Tatiana, I wish you well. 
and maybe try that if they say, would you like to wear a mask? Just say, oh, no, I don't wear them, but thank you. Yeah, I'm exempt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I say I'm exempt. You just say I don't wear them. I would say I'm, I, mean, I think you could get away with saying I'm exempt because I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, probably not. Yeah. Maybe that implies that you're legally exempt and that will be a lie. Maybe not. All right. Uh, Gary Thomas. Gary Thomas gives us five bucks and says, as my grandma used to say whenever I tried to lie to her, I might not be Albert Einstein, but please don't piss in my face and try to call it rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool grandma, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yes. But actually, uh, that is the job of politicians. So, uh, all right, let's see. I'm scrolling Are here. there more? Yeah, there's, <clears throat> I think there's some more. I'm not sure. I got to oh, scroll down. I'm not caught up, though. I wish there's I could... a lot of people in chat today. Yeah, I, if we switch, I would like to switch to Streamlabs where I could probably, I think you can write plugins for Streamlabs that will, like, isolate. Pull them out chats. for you? Yeah. Little Ragamuffin, Little Ragamuffin gives us a uh, super chat and says, it's not beliefs they lack, it's a strong foundation of principles. Yes. I will accept that clarification. That is correct. Yes, I agree. Yes, no principles. No principles when your behavior doesn't match your words. Carrie, you, you um, should move to your left just slightly. I don't know what happened to you since you came back. There you go. That sorry. That's good, that's good. Okay, I think I can do the next one. I uh, think I'm caught up with you. Okay. Well, go right. ahead if you if you see it. Uh, Hermit Thrush. Okay. I, I don't know. You, I haven't reached, but go ahead. Yeah. Okay. He says, last, cha last chat, did you see that NASDAQ wants to institute diversity quotas for company boards and that failure to comply could result in being delisted? <laughs> That's a question for Carter because I don't even know what the NASDAQ is. I'm kidding. Well, I did not I, see I, it. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, the answer is no. I didn't see that. Uh but I want to say it's not surprising, but that's a little bit too, uh, that's me trying to be too cool. I'm surprised by that. That's a, that's a step. I didn't think the NASDAQ was, I didn't think they were that close to making a step like that. That's interesting. It'll be interesting if they do it. Um, isn't it funny? Isn't it funny that, that we're told all this stuff is a social construct, uh, and yet, we have all these rules based on the idea that you can tell who is what thing. Yeah. I think if it's a social construct, yes. then then I can just... And do you, I don't know if you remember when California instituted this thing for public companies. They have like a... You have to have a certain number of female board members. And I... No one took me up on it, but I did volunteer publicly <clears throat> to identify as a female for any companies that needed female board members. But um, yeah, I... Well, that's because these things are not intellectually consistent. I mean, they, they will say, for, on the one hand, um, there are no differences. There are no biological differences between men and women. And, you know, uh, you need to stop distinguishing between them and saying these things are female and these things are male. And then they will say, we need female voices or bodies or what have you we need female people right. on this board because we need diversity of ideas really well they don't actually say ideas they just say we need they diversity. don't even say of idea we just need diversity so if women are just like men why does it matter right yeah um yeah i mean it, that gets back to what we were saying before that the magic words have no you know 
no relation to reality. I will say that um, a lot of stuff happens. I, this that that <laughs> that's like the worst sentence ever. Could I be? Is that clear? You got it. A lot of stuff happens, Carrie. Uh, at the end, I'm glad I could clarify. Uh, a, a lot of evil <clears throat> begins in the financial system because no one not not for this reason, but uh, one one of the reasons that can they can get away with it is no one pays attention to it. People don't. People, it's money seems so disconnected from reality. It, people like people don't understand what's going on and so it just happens in the financial system and they don't want to talk about it and who gets excited about money and a lot of a lot of bad ideas are only supported because there's an entire apparatus of uh a people federal not. reserve and banking system and like all this stuff that's here that uh actually causes problems frankly uh Publicly traded companies are a problem. I mean, not as such. I mean, you having a company and wanting people to own shares of it is not a problem. But the amount of regulation distorts the market. It's not a free market. The amount of, of regulation required, uh, just as an example, after, I think it was after the financial crash, but it might have been before that. Does anyone remember when Sarbanes-Oxley? I don't remember. But Sarbanes-Oxley, when it was introduced, I think it added like $15 million to the cost of going public. Well, uh, that certainly affects your company, <laughs> right? Uh, certainly affects your ability to raise capital and, and go public. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that people just don't see. So if NASDAQ does this, it will have a trickle down effect. It will impact other companies. Uh, it'll impact startups. It'll impact everyone. Um, so all right, another little ragamuffin. Okay, you want to do that? Little one? ragamuffin says, and also freedom. I'm <laughs> listening on my phone. Didn't get to type it all out. Thank you, little ragamuffin. You are the William Wallace of the Soist community. <laughs> Dave Omer. Thank you, Dave. He says, Hi, Beverly. I'm so proud of you. You guys are great. I hate masks. <laughs> <laughs> he got three ideas in there all at once. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. We are also big fans of Beverly, who does a lot of our editing, a lot of our moderating, a lot of our brainstorming. Okay, let's see. I'm scrolling, saying more things about Beverly. Beverly be likes rainbows. I think, is that all? Are we done? I don't know. I haven't gotten to the end, but I I feel like we're done. So that's an argument, right? Okay, good. Uh, yeah. I think we're good. <laughs> uh, uh, B. Allen, one. B. B. Allen, B. Allen just threw Thank one you, up. Thank you, B. Allen okay. says, Biden's treasury pick, Janet Yellen, <sighs> pledged to use the department to address many issues, including those of race, gender disparity, and the climate crisis. It's going to be a long four years. Yeah. You remember when Jan Janet Yellen was at the Fed? Uh, yeah. He, Biden's gone all, uh, he's gone all gender equity on his, his cabinet, right? Um, he's got, I think, all women for his, uh, his press stuff uh he went with yellen for for treasury um yeah i mean look yellen's part of the deep state problem i mean he, J janet yellen's one of the swamp rats so but i mean basically biden's pretty easy you, you just look at it's just he he brought all the swamp rats back like all, all the people who were there before are just back they're just all the swamp rats are you know coming right. back in so uh although did you see this was in our private company chat uh where is it 
Uh, I wish Beverly or or Chris would remind <laughs> me where it was. But did you see the thing about um, Biden and Kamala or Kamala? Sorry, Kamala Harris. Um, he had. Oh man. Nah, you I can just tell it. me about it and then look for it. He had a. Uh, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> Joe Biden is asked about his disagreements with Kamala Harris on certain issues. And this is what he says. He says, like I told Barack, if I reach something where there's a fundamental disagreement we have based on a moral principle, I'll develop some disease and say I have to resign. Yeah, but you're the president this time, Biden. So I guess it's Kamala in charge then? It seems like, so he told Barack, if there's a disagreement, you're in charge, I'll resign. And his answer for disagreements with Kamala is the same. If there's a disagreement, that's a failed, I think that's a failed joke. It's not funny. Oh, really? Um, I Keith, can't tell. I'm sorry. I missed Keith the joke. <laughs> Keith the hat guy. Thank you, Keith the hat guy. He says, I have a mask medical exemption. My brain requires oxygen. Many people in the U.S. don't appear to have this medical issue. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Keith. Um, thank you to S.H. Shmamandolf. He gives us a dollar. Oh. He or she. They. Your mom gives us a dollar and says first donation. Yay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Shmandoff. Thank you, Rom. Vibrant Goo. Vibrant Goo says, my pet peeve is people talking and wearing a mask, especially the cloth ones. So gross. Yeah. I I just, I can't get used to when I have to put it on or when I choose to put it on. uh, Occasionally, I, I, I like, you can't hear me. People can't hear what you're saying through this thing. It's just, I'm so tired. I'm so done with it. Um, And I don't believe, I don't believe the story that it's helping anything to a self-defense law. Gosh, we're getting more of these. I'm just trying to bang through them real fast so we can then get to That's the fine. next topic yeah. to a self-defense law. It says many years ago, I had a series. I had a series three license as a commodity broker corrupt on all levels. Another slimy corruption is how lawyers bankroll each other's lawsuits against insurance companies. Huh? Well, by the way, thank you uh, for that. I don't know. Rodrigo Serafim corrects you, Carrie, and says it can't be a joke because left band humor. So, not when they do it. Oh, I see. <laughs> they just fail at it. They just call everything a joke. Remember when Kathy Griffin held up Trump's severed head? That was supposed to be a joke. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Everything. All we of just James forgot Dunn's to laugh. Jokes. Everything was funny. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right. I think we made it through super chats. Let's do. Uh, Let's do your next favorite topic, because this could be, this is a doozy, Carrie. I forgot what we're doing next. Oh, oh. This will be a surprise. As soon as I show it to you, you will light up in memory. Your memory will be able to watch you remember in real time. Oh, I already know what we're doing. Yes. Here we go. Announce it. Go ahead. You can you can talk about it if you want. So we saw on Twitter yesterday that Christopher Rufo who's been doing a great job of reporting on a lot of the social justice indoctrination that's been happening around the country at, at private companies, at schools, and in federal labs. He's the one that broke the Sandia lab story. Uh, he did a series of tweets where people had leaked documents to Christopher Rufo from San Diego uh, schools where they are forcing teachers public school teachers to attend these white privilege indoctrinations. 
So Carter, did you pull up? What's that that you pulled up? Is that the actual? This is his. Article? Yeah, because he put all the the tweet. Um, the tweet thread is basically just in paragraph form on his page here. So, um, I just pulled up the the actual article. Um, and I mean, we can go. He talks about he talks about it, but then we could just. This is the slide deck that's been leaked. We can just look at it if you want. Um, yeah, let's do that. This is for the San Diego schools. Let's see here. Maybe I can make it bigger. Uh, there we go. It's a little bit better. Now, first of all, they're forcing teachers to attend this. Yes. Yeah, and it this... begins with a land acknowledgement in right. which I'm, re I'm reading from the article. Can you read that part? Uh, well, I, I'm on, I can't because I have full screen the slide. Oh, okay. So here's okay. the land acknowledgement. Uh, it says... We acknowledge that we meet on stolen land taken from indigenous peoples. I am speaking to you from Kumeyaay land. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Sorry. Uh, we must acknowledge the hidden history of violence against indigenous peoples in an effort to move toward justice. Um, so you, the land acknowledgments are a thing that it's a very Canadian thing that's been happening in the social justice um, mm -hmm. uh, world there and has made its way into the mainstream. And a lot of the Trudeau and a lot of the politicians now do these land acknowledgments. And I think we're going to start to see a lot more of them in the States now. Yeah. And and the thing about the land acknowledgments is they're they're like the ultimate empty virtue signal because none of these people like this tribe. I looked them up, the Kumeye. It's not a particular tribe. It's a group of tribes, I guess, and, and people. They, there is a Kumeye Incorporated nonprofit, and there's a reservation. You could give your house back to these people. I mean, if you if you want to stand <laughs> up and saying we're living on stolen land, well, give it back. Give your house back. Give your land back. You got some land. Give it back. Um, right. They never they never do <laughs> that. They just want to virtue signal by saying, well, we're standing on we're acknowledging that it's indigenous people's land that's stolen. Okay, well, if it's stolen, give it back. Um, and <laughs> the other thing that they never do now this try this this group of people. I don't I you know, I don't I'm not an anthropologist. I don't know any of the or historian of of indigenous peoples in Northern America. So I don't know the history here. I, it, it doesn't look there's a, like a lot of warring history, but like like every human population. Uh, they conquered each other through war and invasion and what like that happened. And, you know, look, at one point in history, the Europeans were better at it than most other people. So fine. Uh, I don't think there's anything, I actually don't think there's anything wrong with looking back and saying, hey, might makes right was a bad way. Good thing we don't have that now. Everyone can be, everyone has rights. Here we are in a society where there are property rights and might doesn't make right. And let's let everyone be a part of this society uh, where we respect property rights and we don't use force to steal things from other people. Um, but instead of doing that, we're just going to have this empty virtue signal about, hey, a long time ago, people unrelated, like people who you may or may not be related to, who maybe had nothing to do. A lot of what uh, in San Diego area, a lot of it was Spanish people that did a lot of this stuff. doesn't matter. Uh they stole the land from these people. Please feel bad about this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Feel bad. Got it. Now what? Why? Oh, here, and, here, uh, here it is. Just, I just want to cut in on that. Why? I mean, you could do that with everything. It's like, you know, my house was built 
right. in, in the 50s. I don't know how many people have lived here before me. Should I prime their history and make acknowledgments every time I in, cross my the threshold of my door? You know, <laughs> like right. this bad thing happened in this place before. Right. And yeah. I would like to acknowledge <laughs> this bad thing that happened. And I need to find out all the bad things that happened here. Yes. And I need <laughs> to feel bad about them. By the way, there is a reason why they set the tone uh, for you to feel bad, which we'll talk about in a minute. But here you go. Here's the native land. Next. All right. They have norms and agreements to start. Um, I don't know if you want to look through any of these or you want me to read any of them. Most can of them you, are lame. You... Uh, well, most of them are lame and kind of vacuous vagaries. Like, be mindful and fully present. Present. Be brave. Oh, Speak I, your truth. I, okay. okay, that's what I want to say. That This is the postmodernist part here. They say, speak your yes. truth. Not the truth. Speak your truth. Right. And guess how they determine which truth, some truths are more equal than others. <laughs> guess right. how they determine which truths are more equal. Well, then they just go directly to your immutable characteristics. What race are you? What sex are you? What sexuality are you? Your truth is more important the more, mm -hmm. quote unquote, marginalized boxes, marginalized groups you can check off. Yep. The reason they have one of these things is expect to experience discomfort. The reason they do this, this is, so just to be clear, all, all this stuff that you're about to see is presented as fact when in fact it is made up gobbledygook with no scientific research behind it that just PhDs, mostly rich white women PhDs, wrote down uh, because they think maybe this is how the world works. And that's it. It's presented as fact. And it's anti-scientific precisely because um, it there's no null hypothesis. So one of the things they're going to do, and this you really need to pay attention to this. Robin D'Angelo is a master uh, sorceress at doing this. <laughs> you need to make sure there is no null hypothesis. In other words, in science, when you make a, a proposal, when you when you have a theory, or you say, uh, or a hypothesis, you say, hey, this is how I think these things work. And then we're going to go do an experiment. This is how I think the world works, or this is how I think this particular thing works. You need a null hypothesis for a valid uh, experiment. You need to say, well, how would we show that it's not true? Here's my theory. What would disprove my theory? There needs to be a null hypothesis that exists so that if your theory is wrong, someone can go out and attempt to disprove it. What Robin D'Angelo is excellent at doing is eradicating the concept of, of a null hypothesis with respect to all of her assertions. So what she'll do is say, she's laying the groundwork here, expect to experience discomfort. The reason that she's saying this is because what's gonna happen later is she's gonna tell you that any discomfort you experience, any pushback, any argument you have, any attempt to debunk anything being said is itself proof of the truth of what is being said. It's taken as evidence of veracity. There is literally no way to argue against it. And that's what she's setting up here. Expect to experience discomfort, or whoever wrote this. They're, they're setting this up. All right. Uh, I don't think we really need to read the other ones. All right. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe there's maybe they talked about other ones here. Page five. All right. Today's objectives. Carrie, number one. I can't see. Wait, I can see it. Explaining white. Can you read it? I can't see it. Sure. Examining white privilege is number one. Number two is exploring aspects of privilege in white culture. And three is white privilege in the classroom. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And we've talked about white privilege before. Just a couple things I want to say about white privilege. Um, white privilege is uh, a sort of like intellectual homeopathy <laughs> uh, in some way. Um, the word privilege implies that you have some sort of better than average experience or above and beyond experience or some special experience that it's unearned. And the reason that they use the word privilege is because if you feel like you've got a privilege or something unearned, that implies, it it actually leads to the moral feeling that you should give it back. It's moral. You must give it back. You're now in debt, right? What they could say, right? What they could say is, um, uh, for example, blacks are disadvantaged. But that, if they use the term, like, if they say something like blacks, or in this case, maybe indigenous people, whomever they want to talk about, if they say they experience a disadvantage, it, it implies that the disadvantage needs to be corrected. But if they say that by norm, they're, everyone else is normal and white is privileged, it's an, then you have to, now you're indebted to do something and it's, it lays the groundwork for inaction to be viewed as racist, which we'll see. Okay. I just wanted to point out in the chat, this is not mm-hmm. a super chat, but uh, Nanya Biz said, what successful people have is apparent privilege. Yeah, Not absolutely. the word apparent, but a parent privilege. And that's one of the things that in, in the discussion of privileges and marginalizations, the ways in which individuals are might be privileged or might be marginalized, they will never talk about the fact that one of the biggest indicators of whether... Um, you know, your child will be successful and it, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that they have to have this, but one of the biggest indicators is that whether they have two parents in the home. Right. So on average, on average, kids who have two parents in the home are more successful. It's a great predictor, but they're not going to talk about that predictor or that, that privilege. Mm-hmm. Well, and we're going to get to, I think it might be even on the next bill. What is white privilege? Okay, blah, blah, blah. And and by the way, somebody said this on Twitter a while back. I can't remember who, so I can't credit them. But it was sort of like, you know, if you can take your uh, your racial justice, so-called racial justice coursework or indoctrination work, and you can swap out the race and suddenly it becomes, it sounds like it's from a KKK rally, then something's wrong with your coursework. <laughs> like if you, you know, if yes. this were like in, in examining Jewish privilege and, you know, like, oh my gosh, what is this? <laughs> like, yeah, there, there probably was some some leaflet in World War II flying around Germany that talked about Jewish privilege, Jewish privilege. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so like here, as you were bringing up, Carrie, uh, it's, it's parent privilege or as someone in chat you said brought up. They're, here they reference your your everyone's favorite white privileged person, Peggy McIntosh. Uh, so mm-hmm. having greater access to power and resources than people of color in the same situation do. That's their definition here. White privilege is both unconsciously enjoyed and consciously perpetuated. It is both on the surface and deeply embedded into American life. It is a weightless knapsack. That's Peggy McIntosh, and a weapon. So, Carrie, you like to talk about Peggy McIntosh. Was Peggy McIntosh yeah. in fact privileged? well yeah we did a whole if you guys want to go back it's one of our one of our first i don't think it was our first set but it was towards the beginning of our of unsafe space we did a a whole video on peggy mcintosh who's the very wealthy privileged white woman who coined the term white privilege in the 80s and 
you can just go look at, there was a great Colette piece on her. It was called uh, Unpacking Peggy McIntosh's Knapsack <laughs> because her famous essay was called Unpacking the Invisible uh, Knapsack, you know, of white privilege. So anyway, she was a very privileged woman. She was very wealthy. She lived like the 1%. And wealthy and, parents, not like self-earned. Yes, very wealthy parents. She grew up in the lap of luxury. And one might wonder well, maybe, you know, the psychology of a person who coins a term like this, maybe it comes from a place of your own personal unresolved feelings of privilege or guilt or something and trying to trying to lessen that burden by sharing it with a group that you happen to belong to and saying, oh, it's all it's white people. That's what it's not just my own um, very rare case. You know, it's not my own individual uh, privilege that that I happen to grow up with. It's something that I share with this entire group of people. <laughs> right. She she was and like she's born I, with a silver spoon in her mouth, horribly wealthy, looks at her life and goes, It's cause I'm white. <laughs> yes. So all right. So they define their white privilege crap here. Um and they, they dumb it down for for those who don't want to read Peggy. Quote, it's good stuff you get that you didn't earn that you just that you get just because you look white. Um, all right. And, and again, just to point out, they don't include. Now, this is an indoctrination for teachers. This is them indoctrinating the teachers who are going to teach your children, who are going to then take this and indoctrinate your kids. And there's no um, scientific basis for any of this. None of this is based in fact. This would be akin right. to teachers being forced to attend a religious indoctrination. It is a religious exactly indoctrination. Religious. Yes. It's, it's faith-based. This is faith-based indoctrination. Right. I mean, that's, that's part of the null hypothesis, right? You can't, there's no argument against faith because it's faith. Um, yeah. And, uh, and just similarly, there's no argument here because it's, it's faith. So then watch a video with our, two of our favorites, uh, this is Robin D'Angelo, the, uh, high priestess of grift. Uh, and this is Ibram X. Kendi. So, so these are two of, yeah, the high, high priests of the movement currently. And, you know, Robin D'Angelo is sort of ascended into the place that Peggy McIntosh used to occupy. So, uh, these are the, the two most prominent professional SJWs currently they're not going to stay that way they always manage to tear one another down and backstab and another will rise into the place uh just like in the soviet union it's amazing she's <laughs> lasted this long being a white woman but uh, yeah whoever's the most cutthroat's gonna make it to the top yeah but, yeah uh, and he he explicitly says something i watched i don't know if it was this particular video but i just searched cbs news and their names and there was a video with both of them and i assumed that was the video but uh now i realize i think they were wearing different clothing so maybe maybe multiple times they've been both together on cbs news but uh in the video i watched he ibram says something uh <clears throat> that is is really needs to be called out he he sets up a false alternative he says um, he explicitly sees talking about violent crime and he's talking about how violent crime, uh, is there, there's more, uh, basically arrests in the black community, um, and th then other communities or then the white community, I guess. And he says, there's only two answers to this. So <laughs> right away, 
you know, here comes a false dichotomy. There's only two possible false answers. Uh, either whites are superior, he says, or there's racism. Now, this is interesting because neither one of those can be, you can have, there is, there are third answers, right? You could say, and, and I, this is my position, whites are not superior. However, the behavior of the black community in modern America is different than the behavior of the white community in modern America for reasons that should be explored and examined. And that behavior is the cause, largely, of disparate arrests. Now, I know that's sacrilege to say, but blacks commit murder at something like six or seven times the rate of whites. There is different behavior in modern America in the black community. I don't think the disparity was always that high. Uh, I think it's gotten worse. And I think we should ask ourselves what programs have predominantly Democrats, but probably also some Republicans pushed on inner cities and um, minority groups that have made their life worse and created some of yes. these problems. How's the war of dr on drugs affected these communities? But we're not allowed to actually dig in and say, hey, there's a difference here. Why? He's giving yeah. you the answer. The difference is either He's KKK or anti-racism, as defined by him. Uh, that's it. So he no he's he's saying that like, he, he's saying that it's either either whites are superior or uh, this or racism difference is the fault of racism. But but what he's not allowing you to do there is to ask that question you just asked of why. And I actually do believe part of the reason is racism, just not in the way he's saying. It's not in the way he's telling you. It's not sure. in the way of, oh, they're just uh, randomly arresting more black people than white, just randomly enforcing laws uh, disproportionately based along racial lines. That's not the racism. That's a very surface level and I think childlike um, response to looking at disparate outcomes. And so you're not allowed to ask like what kinds of things, including racism, have affected these communities differently. And yeah. like you're saying, yeah. welfare programs have hurt families in general, white families and black families. They provided an incentive for people, for fathers not to be in the home. They've yep. given that incentive. You're giving an incentive for families not to stay together. And that's hurt uh, families of all races. I mean, right. but disproportionately, it's uh, hurt the black community. Uh, parenthood has gone up. In, yes, but disproportionately, it's hurt the black community. And so you're but you're not allowed to look at these things or, or ask these questions because it's, he's trying to force feed you this false dichotomy, as you mentioned, where it's like, oh, well, either you believe that white people are superior or you believe it's this very simple surface level racism example without actually getting to look at what might be real causes. Yeah, you're not. So actually, when he says it's either whites are superior or there's racism, he means a specific kind of racism. He means this the systemic, the quote, systemic racism that he's talking about. Yes. I think that actually there are a lot of people who would say, well, maybe it is one of those two things. But I, but they would be talking about a completely different kind of racism. Like I know a lot of uh, people on the right yes. who would who would make arguments that would say, well, welfare is racist. It's designed to keep uh, black families apart and in poverty. Um, they would say Maj Ture, who's not on the right, but I think more of a libertarian type guy, uh, would say, well, gun control is racist. Um, I know a lot of people who say the war on drugs is racist. So there are a lot of people who will look at a lot of laws and a lot of uh, programs and say, well, 
because they have disproportionate effects on certain communities and not on others, that makes them inherently racist. Now, I don't necessarily think that is the definition of racism, which why, which is why I, I think maybe we need to have a bigger discussion, but you're not even allowed to unpack what he means by racism. It must be his form of racism. So you don't want to accept, he sets up his false dichotomy in a way where you don't want to accept the first one because that's obviously uh, a like KKK type attitude, right? Whites are superior. So everyone's going to reject that one. Well, it can't be that one. It must be this other one. Um, and the other one, the only solution he gives you for the other one is it, it or the only answer is it must be Ibram X. Kendi's form of systemic racism, whatever he says it is. All right. Okay. What made you uncomfortable or excited? Here we go. Uh, this is like, oh, okay. Um, was there some, something, they're, they're trying to head off at the pass any arguments, right? Because remember, if you're uncomfortable or excited, it is evidence that it's true because we've, we're trying to negate the null hypothesis. There's no null hypothesis. Okay. This is probably our This is, this is the best slides. part. Yeah. So here's a slide. Now, again, this is what's, uh, this is the indoctrination workshop for teachers in San Diego. Just if you're just tuning in, here's one of the slides that was leaked to Christopher Rufo. The title of this slide is you are racist. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so over the top. I like it when they're this honest about what they teach. This, this is what they teach. They teach that it is impossible, as if you are white, that you are a racist. Can you imagine yeah. if this were presented to a group of uh, Jewish teachers or black teachers? Or you know, well, I don't even know who's you, in this group. There might be Jewish or black teachers in this group. I, I don't know. Is this all white teachers? You, I think this is all white teachers. Oh, okay. You are racist. Okay. So and then and then the, here are some things for it. it. Says in the chat. Number one, try to use a one-word answer to the question, how would this make you feel being called a racist? Uh, think, to, think to yourself, too, what would you want to say to someone who told you this, who tells you this? What would you want to say to them? So they're trying to elicit, like, what is your natural human response to being called something that you're not? And then they're going to tell you why that response is evidence of your racism whatever your natural human response is to being called something that you're not well that's evidence of your it's just, it's the cost they're going to ease you trap. into this idea right how would how would you feel if we called you this because then the next one is well what if we said you're upholding racist ideas structures and policies oh that's a little bit softer how would that make you feel okay <laughs> don't worry we'll conflate all of them soon <laughs> right um oh, gosh. how about your action <laughs> Or inaction, this is what we were talking about earlier. They set up this concept that inaction is racist because you are in debt um, you're, because you're privileged. Your inaction can be racist or anti-racist at any time, depending on what you choose or choose not to do. Uh, actually, if you just look at this philosophically, this statement means literally nothing. Um, but <laughs> what they're trying to get you to do is say, well, don't take it so hard. Anything can be racist or not racist, depending on whether... We like you. Okay. <laughs> and now here they do. Now they tie it together. Okay. Anti-racist so is one I... who's supporting anti-racist policy through their actions or expressing an anti-racist idea. And a racist is one who's supporting racist policy through their actions or inaction 
or expressing a so racist idea. So this is speaking of, of of false dichotomies. This is one of the biggest false dichotomies they are using to sell their religion, to sell the social justice religion. They are telling people, and I can't stress this enough, how many times I've seen this repeated in the social justice groups I'm in online, where there's a lot of these newfound converts, mostly white women. Um, you know, even here in my my smallish town, there's a lot of these white women who are just now coming to social justice Jesus, and they're being presented with this false dichotomy. It's it's almost like uh, you choose heaven or hell. Their version of heaven and hell is anti-racist or racist. And um, and as you said, I, I'm sorry to belabor this, but I just want to point out what they're saying. So they're saying so so if you are not anti-racist, then you must be racist. Well, what is anti-racist? Ibram X. Kendi himself, and I'm sure they cover this when they present this slide, he has said that it's not possible, it's not possible to be simply not racist, that that's not a thing. It's impossible. You must be anti-racist. Well, what is anti-racist? One who is supporting an anti-racist policy through their actions or expressing an anti-racist idea. This is a circular definition. Okay. So it's saying basically one who supports the social justice plan. You either are a social justice warrior or you're a racist. And the truth here, the truth is that both of these things are racist. Their word anti-racism, anti-racist, that's what they call their racism. They are telling you, you must treat people differently on the basis of race. You must judge people on the basis of race. When you see a person, you must acknowledge what race they are and you must treat them accordingly. If they are yeah. uh, white, you treat them one way. If they're black, you treat them another way. If they're Latino, you treat them a different way. You treat people differently on the basis of race. I'm sorry, that's racism. So they're trying to get you to choose between, but for fear of being called racist, they're giving you this clever sound that, oh, we're going to name it the opposite, but it's it's the same freaking thing. As Pirate Tomsky points out in chat, he's, you know, it's, so it says anti-racist versus racist on the slide, but he said, he's pointing out there's a typo. This versus should be an equal sign. Um, equals, yeah, <laughs> equals. Uh, although I would actually disagree because I don't think the one on the right is completely racist. I don't think through inaction you can be racist. Um, no. I don't think – so here's a here's a here's just a general um, rule of thumb uh, philosophically. You shouldn't be able to sin while in a coma, <laughs> right? In a coma, you, like if you have a system set up of morality set up where while you're in a coma you sin – and you're guilty, uh, there's something wrong with your moral system. So inaction, well, being in a coma is inactive. If you're sinning by being in a coma, it's a bad moral system. Uh, so, yeah. This well, is... it's also, it's a, it, this is their definition of anti-racist. Somebody in the chat pointed that. It's a circular definition, but isn't it also a tautology? I mean, it's basically, what is anti-racist? Well, it's anti-racism. Yes, <laughs> right. It's one who is supporting an okay. anti-racist policy. Yeah, it's it's a it's a circular okay. definition. Yeah, yeah. Are you ever going to define it? Because uh... <laughs> well, it means it we... means you're yeah. in their club doing the thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, as Twee Girl po points out, comas are racist. Yeah. The the other thing I want to point out here is um, 
So I, I, I pointed out how while white privilege sets up this foundation for inaction as being racist, the other thing inaction, um, the other thing making inaction racist does is it sets up an agenda where everyone has to do activism. So in the old way of eradicating racism, let's go all the way back to the 80s, right? In the old way of eradicating racism, and racism does exist, there are racist people who have racist beliefs who treat people differently. Many of them like Ibram X. Kendi and uh, what's your face? So there are many there are many racist people. However, the way that racism was, was fought in the past was through encouraging people to self-examine. Hey, are you treating people differently based on the color of their skin? Hey, do you have uh, stereotypical uh, viewpoints of people that aren't grounded in reality? Are you are you only saying that because this person is this color or are you only doing that because this person is, is this color? Hey, why don't you do some introspection and examine yourself and make sure that you're doing your best to treat people equally regardless of their race? That is the old way. But the new way is not an inward reflection. Again, this is all back to the same kind of social justice stuff. It always is. The new way is not an inward reflection. It's not looking internally and and examining your own heart and your own behavior. It is external. You must act. Inaction means non-activism. What they mean is a, a, an anti-racist is someone who, when this is supporting anti-racist policy, they means you're either an activist with us or you're a racist. You're either an activist or a racist. You're an activist yes. for the radical left or you are a racist. That's what they mean. Um, They're giving you the false dichotomy between social justice, racist. You can be a social justice racist or you could be a white supremacist racist. It's the same freaking thing. They just had, they just put the races in a different part of the hierarchy. Same thing. I, I, I abhor my old belief system, social justice ideology for the same reason I abhor white supremacy. I will say that social justice is a bit more clever at disguising what they really are. Yeah. And that's why it's more popular. That's why it's mainstream in a way that white supremacy is not. White supremacy at least tells you, they're like, <laughs> we think this race is superior. And social justice, so-called anti-racist racists, they tell you that this is a belief system to end racism when they're actually getting you to judge and treat people differently on the basis of race. They're turning you into something just as evil as a white supremacist. Yep. Probably more evil because it's harder to fight because it's done like white supremacy is blatant and obvious and this is much more insidious. Yeah. Um, so uh, they're going to go through, uh, here's here's again the, don't worry, there's no null hypothesis. Anything you dislike about this is evidence that it's correct. Emotions, racial stress. By the way, racial stress is not a synonym for emotions just to clarify, but I guess it is in this context. Emotions, racial stress, that are stirred when making white people consider racial realities. Again, they're acting as if these are realities. These are just, this is some kooky old rich lady's knapsack bullshit. All this is built on a kooky old rich lady's, rich white lady's knapsack couple page article. <laughs> this is just, it, it might as well have been her writing down her dream. This is based on nothing. Nothing. They they built an entire industry based on nothing. And they're calling it racial realities. 
All right, here's some things. Guilt, anger, apathy, frustration, closed-mindedness, defensiveness. In other words, I argue that gravity doesn't exist. And anything you say against my argument that gravity doesn't exist, if are you angry about it? Are you frustrated that I'm saying gravity doesn't exist? Are you frustrated that you, are you closed-minded to not accept that gravity doesn't exist? Are you defensive about the existence of gravity? Well, that proves my point. Gravity doesn't exist. That's what they're doing here. That is what they're doing. It's so childish, it should be obvious. Uh, prevents us from having a racial dialogue. I mean, really. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I, I mean. They're yeah, not trying to have a racial dialogue. Yeah. Let's be clear. Yeah. There's no, they're not trying to have a dialogue at all. Because any, any opinion that you have, any emotion that you have, anything you have that's not acceptance of this, and proselytizing this and, you know, converting to this, any thing that you have to say is evidence of your white fragility and won't be allowed in this discussion. Thanks for playing. That's our been our racial dialogue. <laughs> you know, it's like right. you are a racist. Uh, you can either say, yes, I am. <laughs> or you can prove or me by can, saying I'm not. <laughs> or you can say that you're not, which is evidence that you are. Yeah, Thanks you can playing. prove it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. They go on. If this is just a long quote, I don't even feel like reading this. Uh, yeah, let's just say this is just this is just more crap. Uh, <laughs> what what made you uncomfortable or excited? Whoever's getting excited by this, go see a therapist. Um, all right. Um, white privilege guiding question: How do you think white privilege and culture established is established and maintained? So, by the way, notice what they've done. By the way, and. Uh, they just they just threw this out here, and they didn't talk about it. Why is the word culture here? They made their crappy argument for white privilege. Now, granted, it's a crappy argument, and it's it's totally a house of cards, but not even a house of cards. It's it's vaporware. It's it's an anti-truth. But culture, because by the way, these are the same people that believe that. Let's let's just do um. Uh, let's do the distributive property of the word white. White culture. Let's white culture. These are the people that say white culture is showing up on time, reason, uh, <laughs> logic, uh, evidence, success, um, anything good in society. They categorize. I'm not categorizing this. This is not my view. Their view is that is white culture. So they've just thrown white culture in with this crap concept white privilege i want to point out something that's even more i hope is even more obvious here than what they just did by inserting culture in there this question this is a fallacy this is this is called begging the question where you build a premise into the question itself and you are forcing people to accept the premise that's in the question itself. You're hiding a premise in the question. So they're not asking you, do you, do you think white privilege exists or do, what do you think is a good argument for the existence of white privilege or, or, or against the existence of white privilege? They are, they are assuming that we all agree. They are, in fact, forcing you to agree that white privilege is a thing. Because they're saying, how do you think white privilege and culture is established and maintained? It's it's just like the the classic example of begging the question: When did you stop beating your wife? Yep, it's a cough. It's trap. assumed. Yeah, it's, it's assumed in the question itself, and this is a 
this is manipulation. Um, this is deceit. If I were in a workshop where they're forcing me to accept a concept in the question itself, it's like, this is a question I would say, N.A., not applicable. How do you think white publishing culture is established and maintained? N.A., I don't right. believe in white privilege. Right. <laughs> and and by the way, I just, I, again, I, I really want to point this out. Even if you believed in white privilege, which we already debunked, I'm going to use their, their words against them. We debunked it. Uh, <laughs> remove that part from the sentence here. How do you think white culture is established and maintained? Well, white culture is established and maintained by having a majority white population, just like Japanese culture is established and maintained by having mostly Japanese people in your country. Go to Japan as a white person. I spent a lot of time in Japan. Guess what doesn't exist in Japan? White culture. It's Japanese culture. There is no white culture to speak of. I mean, I guess in Rapunki there's some drunk expats. But, you know... White culture is what happens when you have white people. Now, their definition of white culture, though, is actually different than that. Their definition of white culture is West. What they mean when they say white culture is all things good about Western culture. That's what they mean, which is insulting to anyone who's not white, because it implies that if you're not white, you can't be a part of Western culture, which is uh, actually foundationally at odds with the principles behind Western culture, and no one, no one who likes, no one who supports Western culture believes that. Um, so, all right. Uh, talk I, about, by the way, talk about erasing existence. They're erasing the existence of successful non-white people in Western culture by doing this. I just saw this scroll by, and I just mm -hmm. want to read it. Uh, it's. It's a super chat. I'll just read it out of order. B. Allen gave us a super chat. Oh, I saw so that one. I was going to read it, but I was going to wait for the super chats. <laughs> okay, go ahead. B. Allen says, Carrie's not very punctual. Does that mean she identifies as black? Well, here's what I'd say. That I identify as Southern. Thank you very much. And also, I am a marginalized person because I have a, a time blindness, which puts me in a special category of people that deserve certain allowances and uh, more voice in the conversation. <laughs> mm. And I, I appreciate showing up on time, which puts me in a separate category of people who get <laughs> triggered when there's time blindness around me. So I don't know where we are on the hierarchy. Okay. Um, let, let's, yeah. All right. Since white people in America hold most of their political, institutional, and economic power, they receive advantages that non-white groups do not. Again, it's not advantages, Right. This is them this is them flipping it and saying, you know, the, the right way to address any sort of racial disparities here is to say the standard should be the same for everyone. And if there are people that are being mistreated, we should identify the mistreatment and root it out. But this is saying it's not that people are mistreated. It's that whites aren't mistreated. This is flipping it on its on its head. They have this advantage. That the, the standard is, so if you think about this, wait, where do they even say this? I think um, their customs culture beliefs, white culture and white radicalized identity refer to the way that white people, their customs culture and beliefs operate as a standard, right? By which all other groups are compared. Well, that's just because that's majority privilege in Japan. It's the Japanese culture. Where's the one I'm thinking about? Um, here we go. This last bullet here. Persons who identify as white rarely have to think about their racial identity 
because they live within a culture where whiteness has been normalized. Now, oops, sorry about that. Where whiteness has been normalized. Oh, that was <laughs> Carrie. That was Carrie just texting me, telling me she has to. She'll be back. She's she's gone for a minute, but she'll be back. Um, persons who identify as white rarely have to think about their racial identity because they have lived within a culture where whiteness has been normalized. Now, um, this this is a way. This is a way to. Whoops, sorry guys, I got a screen problem here. Ugh, all right, I don't know what's going on with my other screen. It died. Okay, here we go. Back. This is a way. Um, this is a way where they they force people to identify. So they're saying that privilege means to not have to think about your race. So think about what kind of standard that sets. If privilege means not having to think about your racial identity, then that means the standard is having to think about your racial identity. So. What they want is for everyone to have to think about their standard as an identity or their identity, their racial identity as a standard. That's what they want. So this is kind of the definition of racial division. I, I know I'm nitpicking about this word privilege, but it's 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 important to see how they set the tone here. They're saying not having to think about your racial identity is a privilege. Whereas a normal person would say, not having to think about your racial identity should be the way that everyone is. It's not a privilege. It's the standard. And if you do have to think about it a lot, that's an aberration. That's the problem. That's what should be corrected. You should not have to think about it. But that's the opposite of what they're saying. They're saying that you don't have to think about your racial identity. That needs to be corrected. That's the privilege you need to get rid of. You must start thinking about your racial identity. That they. This is... These are the same people running around talking about how divisive Trump is. That is the definition of dividing people by race. That's exactly what they're doing. As I said before, they would be talking about the disadvantage of blacks or the disadvantage of Latinos if they were trying to have a society that was not racist. That's not what they want. They're not talking about those things as disadvantages. They are saying they're not talking about like certain certain people have to deal with disadvantages. They're saying white people have a privilege. And there's a big difference between those two. It sounds like semantics, but remember these are magic words and magic words matter. Okay. Uh blah blah blah. Mar white people can possess other marginalized parts of their identity, but their race is not one of those. So, again, this is like don't think that the postmodernism applies to race. That's what this means to people who are going to start questioning and say, I identify as blah, 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 blah. Nope. You can't do it. You can't. You can't <laughs> identify as black. Being white does not mean to have to experience hardship or oppression. They've had to include this because people push back on like, hey, I had to do. I had to experience some hardship. This is this is basically the attempt to create a science, something akin to a science out of racism. It's a pseudoscience. Like it's a pretend a science. pseudoscience. It's a pretend yeah. science, but they're trying to create a science out of racism. You know, white people are this way, black people are this way, Latina people are this way. It's it's I view it as no different from the attempts to use pseudoscience back in the day to claim that white people were superior um, that black people were inferior. It's the same, it's the same sort of thing. It's just morphed. Yep. 
Yeah. So then they have a discussion again with a loaded question: How do you think privilege and what privilege and culture is established and maintained? We've talked about that. And then they're going to go. Okay. So then they go, they're going to go show us some facts. Now, interestingly, they took these facts from 2016 to 2017 for reasons uh, that support their <coughs> cause. Um, the 10 rich, richest Americans are 100% white. Okay, um, that's true, I guess, if Sergey Brin and Larry Page are 100% white. I don't know if one of them is... They're, they're not... They are immigrants. I mean, some of them are immigrants, but I don't know. I don't know if they count as white. I guess they are. Okay. Um, U.S. Congress is white. Governors are white. Top military advisors are white. President and vice president are 100% white. Now, of course, if they had looked at this... Uh, you know, a couple years before, four years before that, they would have said president is 100% black. Um, but so they, they list all these things that are have lots of white people in them. Okay, so this is, this is our privilege, apparently, because we live in a society that's mostly white. Um, teachers, full-time professors, people who decide stuff on TV, white now, by the way, these are all white leftists, but okay. Um, Robin D'Angelo falls into here. Which books we read, that, that Robin D'Angelo falls into there. Or as I aptly called her earlier, what's his name? What's her name? Okay. Uh, and then here's some examples. They go through some examples of white privilege. I don't, I don't even believe some of these examples. I looked at some of these examples, and first of all, I can expect my children or children I know to get a good education. I I don't know what they're thinking. They're just they're just claiming that public schools with white students have do better. Uh, that doesn't mean you can expect them to get a good education. But there's some of them here are just crazy. Like when I go to the doctor, I don't worry I will be treated differently because of my skin color. And they say that 67% of doctors have a bias against black people. And I was shocked by this. I was like this that can't even be true. That can't even be true. I don't, like, how can that be true? I tried to look up a study. They gotta be citing something. This is the number. They're, they're at least pretending, just like a kid pretends with, you know, Fisher-Price hammers that he has a toolbox. They've gotta pretend, they gotta be pretending. This gotta come from somewhere. Um, I found, like, really bad studies that maybe suggested some bias, but they were all based on this. <laughs> they were all based on this implicit bias association test, which even Vox, the far left Vox, is saying, uh, actually, it doesn't, it doesn't work. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's literally their entire, their entire world is based on pseudoscience. Their entire world is pseudoscience. All of it. The implicit, it's just the pseudoscience. Sorry, I'm pissed off. The implicit associate. The implicit. <laughs> The implicit association test is not, they can't replicate it. Uh, it's not a test where they can replicate the same results. And even uh, at least one of the founders has come out against it and said that it doesn't work. Yeah. And the one paper I saw that supported this doctor thing used the implicit association test. And there was like a mild association with a bunch of doctors. And so they're like, oh, 67%. I mean, all right. Like I, if you're going to, if you're going to use, if crap is your input, crap is your output right with there's a computer science term um called garbage in garbage out phrase garbage in garbage out right well 
if you start with with pseudoscience and a bunch of crap, then you can have a bunch of crap with numbers on it. Okay, that's what you get out. Um, so here's just more examples. Who our friends will be, how healthy we'll be, how much money we earn, what school we attend. All this is, is quote, privilege. Um, are there any other slides in here that you definitely want to hit? I, I was going to say, I'd rather kind of be done. And then they're just kind of done. Yeah, they, they, I, I, it's just more of the same. Yeah, it's yeah, more crap. And I, I've hit my limit with it. So Good, me too. <laughs> let's do some super chats and then yes. move on. Yes. I, um, I actually wanted to plug two things. Somebody in chat reminded me before I forget, because I might have to take off soon. Uh, today, I'm going to be a guest on uh, Nerdrotics Friday Night Tights oh, again. Yes. And that is, I think it's a little delayed. I just saw a message that said, I think it's going to start at uh, 5 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. Um, uh, Texas Time. And so join me over on Neurotic Stream. If you're still around, it should be fun. I'm, I think I'm going to get to talk about some geeky stuff tonight. Uh, so I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty and sure on Neurotic, also, you're guaranteed to be able to talk about some geeky stuff. Yeah. I mean, well, last time I wasn't really because I they just had me on there to talk about like my background and then some of the knitting war stuff. But, uh, but anyway, tonight I think I get to talk about geeky stuff. It'll be fun. And the other one is somebody reminded me I'm uh, going to be on trigonometry next week. I'm not sure what day, but I think it's going to air on Wednesday. And that mm -hmm. was a lot of fun getting to talk to Constantine and Francis. We've had Constantine on the show before and uh, it was, it was cool to get to, I don't know, just kind of go over some of it's some of the stuff. If you guys watch on safe space, I think you're already familiar with the things that we talk about here but they had some good questions for me and got me to think about things. I guess I talked about personal stuff a little more than usual. So that was kind of interesting. And I like both of those guys. I think they're really authentic and funny and sharp. So that should be fun. Good. All right, well, let's do some super chats. Um, we will tweet out, by the way, when we find out when trigonometry is going to air, we'll tweet yeah. it out and put it everywhere on social, all the social. I should stop saying tweet. We'll put it on MeWe and all the other <laughs> alternate platforms as well. All right. Rock's Lexicon, or Rock Lexicon, says, Love unsafe space, hate masks. I emailed support to Texas school superintendent. Have y'all been following the cha charges in the Rittenhouse case? Any thoughts? I have not paid attention to Rittenhouse. Uh, I should. I will go look that up um, because... I know that... Um, I, don't I don't know if you saw this, but the Silver Spoons kid... Ricky Schroeder, is that his yeah, name? Yeah, he donated the actor. Money. I saw that. Mm -hmm. He donated money and um, the entire, you know, SJW Left Online went went off on him and started calling him all kinds of names, of course, for doing that. That's all. The, that's the only update I've seen. Um, the other thing is, uh, oh, oh, thank you for emailing that that Texas school superintendent. Mm. I know a couple people from chat did, and, and I wrote to him as well, and he, he wrote back and something really kind and uh i think he really appreciate i mean you can imagine if you're at the center of a of a smear campaign by the media and you're getting nothing but hate to get like a few really positive messages means a lot so thank you guys for emailing him um roger haynes roger haynes says my friend is a kindergarten teacher and says the kids enjoy trading their superhero themed masks with each other looking forward to friday night tights carrie right. cool sweet uh, all right, let me scroll. I think there's a. There's a little... I think there's 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 some funny comments in here that about uh Kendi and Robin DeAngelo or the kind of people who do get excited about this stuff. 
about that <laughs> in Doctor Who. They get all excited. Yeah, they do. Uh, Holly S. Holly S. gives us 25 bucks. Thank you, Holly. And says, grew up loving short horror lit, and now it is insane how much of it seems to foreshadow today's rise of authoritarian extremism, weaponizing language to prey on the vulnerable, the despair of death and rationality and heart. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I don't know that genre well, but I mean, basically anyone who talked about some of the kind of authoritarian horror dystopia, uh, we're kind of experiencing almost every version of it, right? There's, there was truth yeah. in Fahrenheit 451, which we read. There's truth in Animal Farm. There's truth in 1984. There's truth in Brave New World. There's like all Atlas Shrugged. There's like truth in all of these happening. Um, Okay. You know what? As someone who likes horror as well, you know what I always found kind of disappointing about some of the mainstream where horror went was, so for example, there, there's there been a lot of talk and, and, and sort of uh, uh, people analyzing horror films like zombie films in particular and talking about how, you know, George Romero's early films, a lot of zombie films are sort of um, can be viewed as uh, allegories. And mm. you can take there's subtext there. There's sometimes political and cultural sub subtext to the films. And then you fast forward to some of the more recent uh, films that started to come out. And um, I don't know if you guys saw Land of the Dead, but when Land of the Dead came out, I just and I'm a big zombie movie fan. I, I think I went to see it in theaters even. I couldn't believe the film because it was almost as if the people who wrote it had gotten the message that, Hey, there's political subtext to zombie films sometimes, or there's cultural subtext and, but they didn't know how to write subtext. And so they made, the film was actually about giving zombies rights. <laughs> <laughs> like it was all on the surface. It was, it was like, no, that's not the way you do it. It's not a film about like the zombies are marginalized and they need rights. And it was just, it, it blew my mind. It was just Well, terrible. that will resonate with the social justice warriors because you need zombies <laughs> to implement your agenda. So yes, they got to have, anyway, they might not need <laughs> rights, but they definitely need the right to vote. That's the one they need to be able to vote. Uh, Andrew Joyner gives us um, five pounds and says, we are the woke. We will educate you. Resistance is futile. Thank you for the Star Trek reference, Andrew. Thank you. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Picard actually has been assimilated, or at least the actor. Okay. Um, why bother? Why bother says, uh, gives us 20 euros and says, on how quotas hurt remarkable women. I can't imagine anyone question amazing Emmy Nother achievements. I don't know who that is. Uh and this year we have woman received physics Nobel Prize, but forced diversity is everywhere. So was it deserved or token? Yeah, I can't imagine being a a group that is the recipient of some of this stuff and then getting something and having to live with this nagging feeling of I don't know if I got it because of my achievement or if I got it because I'm some token of theirs. That's got to be – it really yes. undermines – it really undermines their own habit. It's like it's one of those devastating things that like it, you're you're robbing them of their sense of achievement because they don't know anymore. They can't rely on it. They it, it's yeah, it's horrible. All right, Martin Hickey gives us twenty bucks. No comment. Thank you, Thank Martin. You, Martin. Uh, let's see. Still scrolling. Here we go. President-elect Tatiana Fisk. <laughs> hey, President-elect. 
Uh, she says that education plan is demonic, full stop. It is indeed. Uh, it is indeed yeah. demonic. They're not interested in educating. They're interested in indoctrinating. And, you know, it's just, they've just gotten more explicit about it. So homeschool, just everyone. F- While I'm scrolling, homeschool, homeschool. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Gary. I just need uh, – I have a hard out in about 10 minutes, just so you know. Okay, well – we can just do, we'll finish the super chats and, and go. Okay. And if it takes too long, I'll finish the super chats and, and go. All right. Okay. Uh, Drunken Mohel, Mohel uh, says, Sargon, thank you, gives us uh, 10, maybe Australian bucks. I don't know. Uh, maybe Austrian bucks. Who knows? Sargon Austrian. is raising his son as a Spartan slash Athenian. <laughs> I don't know is what he, that means. Is he really? Does that mean he lives with his mom for the first seven years and then gets ripped away and given to the dad and thrown into military? Today, the school system creates volumes of whinging, coddled bedwetters. Might be something there. Yeah, I would say Spartan culture is pretty horrible, but uh, there's definitely something to uh, hardship and and uh, yeah, there, we could definitely move in the Spartan direction. I wouldn't go full Spartan. Uh just like in Tropic Thunder, the line that would totally not be allowed, never go full Spartan. Except I'm not going to. That's not the line. You can't say that. I can't. You'll get banned from Twitter. But we will get banned from Twitter if I say the actual line. By the way, another great movie totally could not exist today. Okay. Um, another one from Martin Hickey. Martin says, member of military industrial complex. <laughs> All Gen X and older hate the SJW stuff. However, 80K and up salaries tend to keep their mouths shut. I think that's uh, – I wouldn't use the word all, but I think most is probably probably accurate. Um, I know there are a lot of older, older people who just want to keep their mouths shut. Uh, but, the, you know, I, I don't know. I've seen some older kind of traditional hippies who they're susceptible to this stuff. They're vulnerable because they're so used to – they're so used to emotion-based arguments and virtue signaling that, you know, they'll – if D'Angelo and Kendi tell them they gotta believe a certain thing, they will. I, I, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure of that. Um, let's see. I am sure that if they did oppose it, though, they wouldn't speak up. That's, that's true. Okay. Uh, let's see. Although I'm a Gen Xer, and so is Carrie. Okay. Double Take Pigeon. Hey, Double Take Pigeon. Double Take Pigeon gives us five pounds that's and says. That's a good name. Wokists use two different definitions of racism at the same time. Yeah, maybe more. One, amorphous force. Two, individual morality. They accuse you of one and punish you for two. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, the word's not supposed to relate to anything real. It's just, it's a cudgel they can smack you with. Uh, all right, B. Allen. B. Allen. Uh, oh, this was the other one that we read before. Gary's not very punctual. Does that mean she identifies as black? Um no, nope. I have time blindness. It is a thing. Look it up. Gary. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Formerly Rod Line <laughs> says, is there a guidebook for parents on how to argue against this and to bring it to the attention to other parents? I don't know how to fight this. I James Lindsay has some stuff, I think, on his website, which Beverly can link to in chat. Uh, I don't know of a guidebook. I would like to actually help connect parents to each other in our community because I think that would probably help. And I've been remiss about how to figure out the best way to do that. But um, 
I would go into one of our, you know, we've got a Telegram community. Uh, for subscribers, we have the Discord. I would just go start talking. There are a lot of parents in our community, some of whom have dealt with this. Um, Carrie, any yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I, I just echo what you said. Go to Jim's, James Lindsay's website. and talk, You can talk with parents in our Telegram. And um, I, don't, I think that that gap is going to be filled soon. Yeah. I think that someone's going to, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, scrolling. Sunnyman. Sunnyman says, SJW ideology is like an abusive relationship. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. You're not allowed to question. You're always asking for it. Uh, they engage in a lot of projection, accusing you of the things they're doing, etc. Keith the Hat Guy gives us a super chat and retracts his message. Thank wait, you, Keith. Wait, wait, no. We're, you're ahead oh, of me. Not... Keith the Hat oh, Guy sorry. first gives us a message, which I guess he later retracted. I don't know. Uh, that says, the claim white people decide what books we read is patently false. Three of the five people that decide what books we read are not white. That's a fact. Trust Keith. Uh, Sandykins. Sandykins says... Unsafe knitting Zoom tomorrow, Saturday night, Sunday morning, down under. All right. Thanks for the announcement. Yeah, there's a there's a knitting Zoom. I think on, maybe you find out about it, what, through Telegram knitting community? So go do that, and Sandy Kins will give you, probably all the communities have some knitters that can tell you where it is. So uh, Keith the Hack Guy now. Oh, no. Now he says, the slides claim white people decide what books to read. Oh, that's another one of the same one. Two of the five people. No, the first, the first one was retracted. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Two of the five people are not right. All right. I don't. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm just gonna trust all of Keith's stats. Okay. Rebecca Pirate Queen, you got that one. Go ahead. Rebecca P Pirate Queen says Eli Roth's history of horror on AMC is full of SJWs opining about how awful capitalism and America are. Of course it is. <sighs> I think that's it. I think we're I caught think up. Capitalism. They, I love how I love how people whose literal existence would not be possible without capitalism opine about how horrible it is. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. Okay. I think. Thank we're done. you guys for joining. Yeah. I'm gonna take off. I'll see you guys later. I'm gonna let you do the wrap up, Carter, because I have to go. All right. Bye, Carrie. Bye. All right. Um, one last thing before we wrap up. I did see it's not a super chat, but someone asked about raising interracial kids or mixed kid, mixed race kids, I guess, um, and advice on it. I don't know if I have particular advice about raising uh, mixed kids. Um, I mean, the, the question was about mixed kids amidst all this bullcrap. Uh, I mean, I have spoken to other parents of mixed kids and stuff. Um, look, I, with my daughter, I, I mean... I'm just very clear that about all the crap that this is, you know, as soon as she was old enough that it was in her life that any crap was around, we just talked about it. And I mean, look, there's, there is, you're, you're living at a time in which, uh, you can't protect your, your child, nor should you try to protect your child from the horrible ideology that's out there. Um, both with respect to race, but, but also with respect to, to um, the trans, uh, the radical trans ideology, 
uh, the, the radical Marxism that's going on. I mean, there's a lot of really bad stuff out there. Uh, my goal, which I've said before, but I'll, I'll say again for people who haven't heard it, my goal is not to tell my child what to think, but to teach her to think and, um, and uh, just to answer questions honestly and uh, always respect uh, the rational thought and, um, you know, sometimes that means losing arguments or, or whatever, uh, or saying, I don't know, and then, and looking stuff up. But I think I've said this before, um, you know, I, I made a rule to never, to never say, because I said so, or whatever, when my, when my kid asked why growing up, uh, I, you look, you just need a functional brain and critical thinking skills and, uh, that means spending time with them and being a good parent. Uh, and after that, it's up to them. And, you know, will my daughter become a social justice warrior when she grows up? Probably not. Uh, I doubt, I would highly doubt it. But uh, I guess I guess she could. The best I can do, you know, what matters is that she's a thinking, a rational thinking individual. So I need to do the best that I can do um, there. And... Uh, trying to indoctrinate her with some other set of beliefs is not a good idea either. Um, you really just want her to be a critical thinker. And when there are problems, um, when there are, when she does encounter or your kids do encounter issues, you want to be able to work through the issues with them, untangle the stuff with them, right? Why is it bad? What are the premises? What are the hidden meanings? Like kids, kids are, you don't have to be that old to understand, uh, Kafka traps and null hypotheses. You might not use those those terms, but you don't have to be that old to understand those concepts. So anyway, someone points out in chat that Asians are white now. So yeah. So if you're in a white and Asian relationship, your kids aren't uh, mixed in an intersectional way. They're just doubly evil. So congratulations. Uh, all right. I think that's it. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. And we will see you on Monday. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. As always, if you want to support the show, we would love it. Uh, you know, to the extent that we can, we can do this to the extent that we can spend the time, full time to do this. So, uh, you know, you can go to unsafespace.com slash donate if you want to support the show. Please do if you can. Uh, if you do support the show through subscribe store or PayPal, you do get on access to the Discord server. And, um, Yeah. I guess that's it. Have a great weekend, everyone. Uh, so long, and thanks for all the fish. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it.
For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please report any sightings to Susan Wojcicki. Did you know that questioning the motivation of censors is a common symptom of psychopathy? If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Here's a fun fact. Human memory is unreliable. No person named Ellen Page ever existed. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.